If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Sending out good vibes. People were awakened to 9-11 as an inside job. People knew that. Those people had been holding that thought in their mind since 9-11. And if you hold a state for that long inside your limbic system, you're going to get tired. It's going to become exhausting. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with James True a little bit later. Fun chat. James sort of tears everyone down. Everyone's fascist. I like his style. Um, yeah, the fun chat. Sort of stumbled upon James on Twitter, and we went back and forth there for a bit and had him on pretty quick. It was a great chat. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up having him on again. Of course, he wrote the book, I believe, it was The Technology of Belief. Is that right? Yep. And, uh, yeah, fun chat. Check out his stuff. Check out his Twitter. We got Graham here. Graham, all in believer Dunlop. What? How's it going, buddy? All in believer of what? I, I don't, don't really all what in happened? believe anything anymore, really. No, I no. know, but still, it's just your thing. Yeah. So, hey, before I forget, James Still True- all in believe chemtrails. <sighs> not really. I don't have the answer know. to what those are. I just know they're not natural. Here, let's, uh, you know, we haven't heard this in forever. It was everyone's favorite. This is people's ringtones. Graham is an all-in believer in chemtrails. <laughs> chemtrails. Uh, I, li- I heard failed and them talking about failed uh, gem trails. Gem, gem yeah. trails. That was I throw good. that on the end of an episode every yeah, once in a while, a couple times a year. Well, before I forget, James True, at the start of this, I think we were talking about Amazing Polly. And I guess because he was fighting with her on Twitter, Twitter and all that. And I That's just how I say, found James True, actually. Wow. Yeah. I just want to say, I mean, his book was fantastic. It's very poetic. It's 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 great book. But I got to say, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to Polly. I mean, she just did an awesome. I um, haven't thrown out anything. No, not, I'm, not talk, I'm just talking about everybody because James, James gives her a real hard time for the Q stuff. And I understand what James is coming from on that. I mean. A real hard time. I think he's a little, a little too hard, but that's okay. That's that's his style. I mean, her latest. I mean, video, I have the things that I'm too hard on too, right? Yeah, but her latest video, the seven step recipe for creating. Hang on. Vaccine demand. It's so fantastic. It's fantastic. So when it, it comes goes to like, through the flu shots and the push from pharma and media on the flu stats and the flu, the vaccines, it's great. She's got a lot of good videos connecting all these dots up there with the elites and what they're doing, which James would probably really like, but she gets into the Q stuff every once in a while. You can't blame her sometimes. I mean, I'm, I'm, I got the faint hope clause too. And I get into that every once in a while. Try not to get in too deep. I wade my little toes in sometimes and just, you know, dream, wish. I, yeah, I get it. I think the thing is that once I try not to push it very hard with certain things, you'll just like you'll miss things because of your position. Like I could probably do that with vaccines yeah, and fascism. I might overlook things because I'm 
because because my research has cemented me so much into a certain position that yeah you know i'm i know so much of it is bullshit so then it's hard to it's hard to notice the nuggets of truth in the bullshit i know exactly so and like corbett had a great i mean i gotta talk about it this is i think how people can can start dealing with this is is maybe looking at this in alternative media, like the poly broke breaks down the stuff pretty good sometimes. James True, same thing. Corbett did a timeline on like, was this a pandemic? Like answering his listeners' questions. And it's fantastic timeline of all this stuff happening that brings context to this problem. I mean, this is what I think how people ask how they can help, how we can stop this. I mean, we're coming around on this whole thing being a pandemic. Whatever sort, there's still a lot of gray areas. For the record, I have send, not left that position. Send Corbett's videos, amazing polys, this type of stuff to your friends and family. Isn't it Corbett? I mean, that, what? Yeah, Corbett. Yeah, Corbett. Corbett. <laughs> the Corbett Report. <laughs> Corbett. <laughs> it sounds like you're feminizing him. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Uh, Fellow Calgarian. Gordon White. I mean, like, I'm going to read Gordon. I'm going to read uh, a, a blog from Gordon White on this whole thing. The whole thing? You're going to no, read the no, whole no, thing? No, no, no. Just the okay. end. Just the ending part. Just to summarize the end. Love you, Gordo. Yeah. And I mean, so Are we can do that anytime. Well, we can do that anytime. Whatever you want. Whatever yeah, you want to do. I got a, you, I got you a quote. It up. I got a quote. I got a great uh, operation project segment ready for you. It's project operation. I got an email I got to read. I got all this stuff. It's so project you, you t- operation. You I like just, you can no, switch you them back and no, forth. No, no, yes, no, you can. No, can no, be, no, 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 no. You can't just switch it back and forth. That's the that's the whole part about it. You could be project operation, operation project is the real the re- original name I wanted to name it. All right, whatever. So what are you saying? Project operation has to be project operation. No, don't play the jingle. Yeah. It's, it's, well, right now I want you to read Gordon's blog. Okay. All right. We'll start there. Hopefully he doesn't sue us. Why would he sue us? I don't know. This is from runesoup.com. Gordon's got an awesome podcast. So he's saying, I just want to read part of his advice. Paraphrasing or reading? I'm paraphrasing. This is from his, what a a difference Holy Week makes. And he's like, and he's saying, it seems an improper time to fixate on the nefarious. However, a few trusted friends urge me to do so. And it strikes me that stark, but ending with good news is precisely the correct energy for Holy Week. So he's saying the good news is the U.S. hospital admission is much, much lower than official channels. So this is kind of from last weekend, right? But since this is coming out tonight on the Wednesday, that's still fairly timely. And and he's got like wildly and fearfully crossed out because that's what, you know, we're trying not to be negative, but that's the way it was portrayed in the media. The death rate is much, much lower than official channels estimated, taking out the, the wildly and fear, fearfully. And the initial models, he talks about that, how it went from, you know, half a million to, or initially between two and three million, then 100,000, 250, now it's 60,000. All this is happening during the second and worst Italy week for both the US and the UK, whose members also a tiny fraction of the original official estimate. So what better time for a miracle than on than Easter week? And a miracle that is testified only using using only official data thus coming with its own natural herd immunity to neoliberal hysteria we can simply rely on the boots fewer and fewer of them are licking to assemble this very good news 
Let us alleviate even more fear by looking in particular at what the dead can teach us in Italy, UK, and New York. So he goes into all those stats, which is great if people want to look at all the numbers. But then the part I wanted to get in, just read from, was the shape of the op and what to do about it. Because it's kind of, I think it probably fits with your paradigm right now, mine. The shape of the op is now clear. Bill Gates was caught saying his goal is to keep total, measured improperly, infections under 1% because anything beyond that means herd immunity is guaranteed. And that's because he intends to sell the whole planet, a synthetic version of it, complete with total digital surveillance. I mean, this is, this is what we're, we're seeing here. You, didn't you just mention that Gates's uh, interview chat got taken down because so many people are uh, against it? His what? His chat with somebody, Ellen or something like that? I didn't say that. I heard that. I didn't see that. I mean, if one thing I can say about Gates is it seems like Gates in trouble, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which is something I did not see coming. But, I mean, I don't know if he's getting propped up to be sacrificed or what's going on. Or maybe it's just my my reality and I'm overthinking it. But, I mean... From every metric I'm looking at, Gates is eating shit. Even, fact, even, even, his, even his old Microsoft putting out that Marina Abramovic ad and then take, having to take it down. Like, what, could you make that much of a mistake? Or it seems like that's got to be a psyop too, but then why would you take it down? Why would you put it up and get all this? Like, you don't see these ratios of, of dislikes to likes very often. No. And so that's they the other take thing. it down. So you got 25,000 to like 500. Yeah. And then you look at Gates's Instagram page and it's like all the comments, it's like fucking every 19 out of 20 is negative. And I looked at his Twitter feed today, asked him to come on the show. If he comes on, I'm going to sneak Dell on. Don't, I don't even want to have him. Well, there's no way he's going to say yes. No, no. Bill Gates comes on the show. He's not going to know that Dell big trees here waiting for him in the shadows. Oh my God. Anyway. Well, I'm, Anyway, I go to his Twitter feed, eating shit. 19 out of 20 negative. His Instagram seems to be like 99 out of 100 negative. Wow. And then, um, I don't know, just the sentiment I see every place is anti-Gates Foundation, anti-Gates, and maybe even vaccines by association. Because now we've got more people talking about India and all the shit that happened there and the Kenyan sterilizations. And it just seems to me like Gates is eating shit and by association vaccines. Well, let's hope, it's let's like hope they that overplayed it's like, yeah, their head. That's what I think too. Yeah. But I mean, maybe that's, that's done on purpose. I don't know. I don't see why you would want to divide. So there's a two schools of than... thought that it's either controlled or it's more of the Trump effect, mm-hmm. the silent majority yeah. or they don't realize how much of the conversation they're in their own little bubble and they don't understand what's how much of the, con- you know, they're yeah. too busy listening to themselves and yeah. drinking their own Kool-Aid yeah. and they, they don't realize that they've lost the majority in the, in the weeds, listening to podcasts, listen to this, listen to that, whatever they're doing. Part of the, part of the thing I was going to read today was the Instagram from Robert F. Kennedy. Is it Robert F. Kennedy? Is that All right. RFK and then, Jr. And then uh, like, which is what you're talking about here that was highlighting all of Gates' <laughs> atrocities in India. I mean, that got a lot of attention. That's getting a lot of attention. I agree. I'm going to, uh, how about, I'll, I'll, I'll read the Kennedy thing. Okay, and I'll, uh, I'll continue on with this then, because I'm right in the middle of. Okay, you finish your thing. Soon. 
So he says, uh, where am I now? Hmm. And the ion cannon of how, oh, this is, I mean, this is mind blowing. They're talking about house coming into your homes. I mean, you, you can't even make this stuff up that they would say that at the, at the who level. I know. I know. It's crazy. And, and the ion cannon of house arrest and destroying small businesses will be flipped on and off again to achieve this. Already they started to crow about the efficacy of house arrest and dysfunctional human distancing as being the reason for these lower death rates. Pity about countries like Sweden, Japan, and Korea, and so on, that had the exact same curve and didn't arrest its populace in quite the same way. But the ion cannon will be used, very likely over the election, in the fall, as the house arrest process guarantees there will be return of the collection of symptoms and conditions we have classified under this flimsy umbrella of a somehow highly contagious and deadly new virus. This is where we need to look next. We have reached the peak, founded a molehill, miracle, and so we need to reset for the next challenge and the one after that. So here's my earnest suggestion. I knew a guy back in London who effectively lost a couple of years of his life to 9-11. Whichever red pill one first takes, there is the risk of falling into a manic conspiracy hobbyism and it can hijack your life. I understand the pull. The crimes of the, pan- the, of the pandemic are breathtaking, not in their intricacy, but in their crudeness. It's astonishing. You want to yell at the whole world until they see it. Don't do that here. You have sufficient data to assess your own risk to the collect- collection of symptoms associated with this year's particular northern hemisphere influenza-like illness wave, which includes pollution and, yes, possibly EMF as contributors, as it always does. By now, most people have arrived at the official tomb and found the stone rolled away. Most people know, even if they can't articulate it, that their house arrests and lost jobs and domestic violence and shredded mental health have been forced upon them for non-transparent reasons. We are that majority. Leave the fortunate shrinking rat king of neoliberal bootlickers and online bullies to duke it out with the conspiracy hobbyists who still wish to argue that this is a 5G activated bioweapon unleashed upon America by China or something. Pray for them and hope they join us in their own time. Related. Don't argue with anecdotes. You're about to hear endless examples of how your neighbor's hairdresser got sick or whatever. Keep to the data. Either they do not or will not ever understand it. Or if they are too traumatized by the implications of this, being an op, that they cling to their personal connection to the official story. This is what I mean about fear being a form of pseudo-enchantment. One way to think of this is if you had just witnessed World Trade Center 7 collapse at free fall speed in front of all of us. This is how brazen the pandemic is. And it affects people differently. If this is the first time you've been confronted with the high crimes of the imperial powers that they will continually inflict upon us, then you're being forced to revise your entire understanding of how the world works. Yes, you probably should have done that before you ended up inside one of those stories, but no time like the present. So sleep, meditate, don't eat crap, excluding chocolate this weekend only. Don't give in to fear and save your rage for the state, not your neighbors, lest you become the state. This week of all weeks, don't go running to Pilate. You will need all your coherence for the coming months. The Imperial powers do not fuck around. They literally killed God. It didn't take, though, and it never does. Well said, Gordo. I think Gordo's probably listening. Usually listening. I don't know. We love you, buddy. Yeah, I don't think I could have said it better. No, I and think that's, that's kind of is. It's not worth arguing with people. You know what? Someone shared a gift today. 
and it was like trolls waiting for a reply <laughs> from me. And it was just like this gif of this dude like standing in the field waiting and he's looking at his watch and at the end he just falls asleep <laughs> on the ground. And I'm like, I need to be more like, like that guy. Yeah. You know, if, if people want to snitch on their neighbors or argue with me about it or tell me I'm wrong and I could be wrong, you're probably right. But you know, I'm, I'm over it. Because you know what? In a, in, in a couple of years, I'll be vindicated. It seems to be like that. Like we're just the assholes for a couple of years. And then eight years later, it's like common knowledge. History will vindicate us. I hope. And if not, anyway, here's the, uh, I can live with it. I can sleep at night. So save it. Yeah. Uh, from Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s Instagram posts. Oh boy. I've currently got I can't uh, believe how heavy this our was. Friend, ready to- our friend <laughs> Jimmy over at I Can Decide trying to get RFK on the show. Nice. It's a tough time in the RFK world, so it'll oh, probably yeah. be a few months before we hear much. But uh, maybe once things calm down again, and of course our condolences go out to the Kennedy family. Okay, vaccines for Bill Gates are a strategic philanthropy that feed his many vaccine-related businesses, including Microsoft's ambition to control a global vax ID enterprise and give him dictatorial... Dictatorial? Dictatorial? Dictatorial dictatorial control. That's a tough word. (laughs) Dictatorial control (laughs) over a global health policy. The spear tip of corporate neo-imperialism, Gates's obsession with vaccines seems fueled by a messian Jesus. What was that? You wrote nothing. Messianic conviction that he is messianic? Messianic conviction that he is ordained to save the world with technology and a godlike willingness to experiment with the lives of lesser humans. Promising promising to eradicate polio with one point two billion. Gates took control of India's National Advisory Board, NAB, and mandated 50 polio vaccines, up from five, to every child before age five. Indian doctors blamed the Gates campaign for a devastating vaccine strain polio epidemic that paralyzed 496,000 children between 2000 and 2017. In 2017, the Indian government dialed back Gates' vaccine regimen and evicted Gates and his cronies from the NAB. Polio paralysis rates dropped precipitously. In 2017, the World Health Organization reluctantly admitted that the global polio explosion is predominantly a vaccine. Shredding? Shedding. Is predominantly vaccine strain, meaning it is coming from Gates' vaccine program. The most frightening epidemics in the Congo, the Philippines, and Afghanistan are all linked to Gates' vaccine. By 2018, Three quarters of global polio cases were from Gates's vaccines. In 2014, the Gates Foundation funded tests of experimental HPV vaccines developed by GSK and Merck on 23,000 young girls in remote Indian provinces. Approximately 1,200 suffered severe side effects, including autoimmune and fertility disorders. Seven died. Indian government's investigation charged that Gates-funded researchers committed per pervasive ethical violations, pressuring vulnerable village girls into the trial, bullying parents, forging consent forms, and refusing medical care to the injured girls. The case is now in the country's Supreme Court. In 2010, the Gates Foundation funded a trial of GSK's experimental malaria vaccine, killing 151 African infants and causing serious adverse effects, including 
paralysis, seizure, and febrile convulsions to 1,048 of the 5,049 children. That's like 20%. Uh, During Gates 2002 Men-Afri-Vac campaign (laughs) in sub-Saharan Africa, Gates operatives forcibly vaccinated thousands of African children against meningitis. Between 50 to 500 children developed paralysis. South African newspapers complained we are guinea pigs for drug makers. Nelson Mandela's former senior economist, Professor Patrick Bond, described Gates's philanthropic practices as ruthless and immoral. In 2010, Gates committed $10 billion to the WHO, promising to reduce population, in part through new vaccines. A month later, Gates told a TED Talk that new vaccines could reduce population. In 2014, Kenya's Catholic Doctors Association accused the WHO of chemically sterilizing millions of unwilling Kenyan women with a phony tetanus vaccine campaign. Independent labs found the sterility formula in every vaccine tested. After denying the charges, WHO finally admitted it had been developing the sterility vaccines for over a decade. Similar accusations came from Tanzania, Nicaragua, Mexico, and the Philippines. A 2017 study, Morganson ETAI 2017, showed the Hughes popular DTP is killing more African than the disease it pretends to prevent. <laughs> Vaccinated girls suffered 10 times the death rate of unvaccinated children. Gates and the WHO refused to recall the lethal vaccine and who which who forces upon millions of African children annually. Global public health advocates around the world accuse Gates of hijacking who's agenda away from the projects that are proven to curb infectious disease, clean water, hygiene, hygiene, nutrition, nutrition, and economic development. They say he has diverted agency resources to serve his personal fetish that good health comes only in a syringe. In addition to using his philanthropy to control WHO, UNICEF, Gavi, and PATH, Gates funds private pharmaceutical companies that manufacture vaccines and a massive network of pharmaceutical industry front groups that broadcast deceptive propaganda, develop fraudulent studies, conduct surveillance, and psychological operations against vaccine hesitancy, and use Gates' power and money to silence dissent and coerce compliance. In this recent non in his recent in this recent nonstop far media appearances, Gates gleefully Gates appears gleeful that the COVID nineteen crisis will give him the opportunity to force his third world vaccine programs on American children and the world. I mean, he's he said that this ain't going to go away. This is going to be life as sort of somewhat normal until he can vaccinate the globe billions. He said it on these interviews. Billions. They're ramping up. So they can make billions of this vaccine. Totally. And I, I don't think that uh, the administration is going to try and stop them too much. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, one of the interesting things is like there was an article from fucking Politico today that was bashing down Bill Gates, which just seems like we're getting to a new level. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I haven't seen that in the mainstream media for a while. Yeah. Politico EU. Gates, the who's most powerful, powerful doctor. Yeah. And it just goes on to describe how he's fucking 
got undue influence. The world's richest man has become the World Health Organization's second biggest donor. The results say as critic that Gates' priorities have become the who's. Rather than focusing on strengthening healthcare in poor countries, that would help in their view to contain future outbreaks like the Ebola epidemic, Ebola epidemic, the agency spends a disappropriate amount of its resources on projects with the measurable outcomes Gates prefers, such as the efforts to eradicate polio. <laughs> okay, I got a quote for you. You want to do a quote of the week? It's, uh, it's right along, it's right, fits right in with all this. You got to guess who it is. I got to guess who it is? Yeah. Del Bigtree. No. Or RFK Jr. Oh my God. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't guess yet. Well, you said I it's had to guess. Fun. Well, not now. Oh, well. After I say the quote. Because it did. fits in with what, what you were just reading. That was a tough read. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> it's the profound quote of the week. Darren, can you guess it? It's the profound quote of the Something that I want to make sure the American public understand. It's not only about safety when you inject somebody and maybe they get an idiosyncratic reaction, an allergic reaction, pain. Does the vaccine make you worse? There are some diseases in which you vaccinate someone, they get infected with what you are trying to protect them with. And you actually enhance the infection. You can get a good feel for that in animal models. So that is going to be interspersed at the same time that we're testing. We're going to try to make sure that we don't have enhancement. It's the worst possible thing you could do is vaccinate somebody to prevent infection and actually make them worse. Bill Gates. Pretty recent quote. Recent? Yeah. Peter Offit. Trump's little guy. Trump's little guy, Fauci? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So if this doesn't wake people up, that the guy that's tied at the hip with Bill and who is saying that, that, hey, vaccines actually do sometimes make things worse. Yeah. They injure. They can injure. Because there's a whole 50% of the people that that are, you know, when we whenever we talk oh, about yeah, vaccine hesitancy, settled, settled that they don't think it's it's even a risk. It's settled science. But now you've got the number one health guy in America telling you that vaccines are a huge risk. Not only that, you got guys like Peter Hotez coming out and talking about how a coronavirus vaccine is super fucking dangerous to do because it seems to become very bad in every trial they've had, and we should be super careful with it. And Paul Offit said something as well, and I think Paul Offit actually got the little disclaimer on his thing that usually the anti-vaxxers get. He was talking about, again, about yeah. telling people that they better be careful about rushing to this vaccine. Yeah. And he got posted as that he was disinfo. And if people think this is conspiracy this talk is guy that about, makes vaccines. Bill, about Bill Gates wanting to, to track everybody and prove that you have a certificate that says you're either immune to it because you've got the antibodies already or you're vaccinated. You know, do they want digital proof that you're okay to be going to your job or to be going this isn't a conspiracy theory bill is saying that out of his mouth mm -hmm. recently now the conspiracy theory part of it would be like who says they can't track that just like your cell phone yeah so now nobody's yeah. off grid they yeah. can gps your ass wherever yeah. the fuck you are at any given moment yeah. 
I mean, this makes Adam Curry look really smart about being off the grid and actually putting all that effort into having some communication tools that are sort of off grid. I mean, this is really, yeah. this is really <sighs> highlighting that. Oh yeah. If I ever get out of like my position where I have to take so many calls on my day job, I, you know, for me right now, it's not a possibility to go back to a flip phone. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind getting yeah. there. One I day. know that's the thing you, you, this phone, I use this phone for so much. Cause I have it's, a home phone now. You know, oh, I like, yeah. took the first step towards wow, fucking back getting to a rid home of this phone. Thing. Wow. So I just want to I shout out. I haven't used it yet. That was, uh, that was Beth Durr. It's her Instagram account. I wanted to just, she sends me some uh, vaccine safety stuff every once in a while. And, yep. I haven't so, used the home phone yet. Actually, the main reason I got is because my kids are getting older now and they always want to call their friends or this or that. And then they're just like, well, I might as well have the home phone for them. Hmm. But then I'm thinking, you know, maybe I could get by without a cell phone and just have an iPod that connects to Wi-Fi every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. I've been thinking about that lately, too. Anyway, we're going to be, I mean, you guys might have noticed we dumped out two episodes last week, I think two the week before. We're going to do three this week. A couple next week. The intros might start to get a little shorter, but there'll be more of them. So if you find an intro a little short, you know, don't hold us accountable. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, too, is this episode was was recorded a while ago. I mean, COVID was around when James, when we talked to James Drew, but this is the last of some we had in the can, and so we're... Trying to do more apps and release more, but some of them aren't necessarily going to be timely. You know, we're trying to do the timely ones and get them out and do some non-timely ones. So it's yeah. not all about current events. That's but. right. And we're trying to, we're doing extra content. We've got some fucking great shows lined up coming up. Looks like some big names coming on the show in the, in the near future. Thad Russell's coming back right away and uh, things are looking great. America.ca slash support guys. Uh, if you can, that's kind of how we keep these things going, how we fund the show, how we pay all the bills and, uh, how we can afford to keep doing a podcast that you guys keep listening to all episodes for free, of course, because we don't charge you. I wanted to read an email to lead us into the support segment, but oh, did you? Yeah. There's a sump pump again. I mean, spring. You want me to? You want me to? All right, do your email. Interrupt you and do yeah, that. Yeah, just interrupt. And before, me. so fine. I got a, I got a, I got a note from Ryan, my friend. He says Bill Gates' interview being pulled was a lie. It's still there. Fourteen thousand likes and eighteen thousand dislikes. Oh, so that's more like fifty-fifty. Yeah, which is, which is, you know, it's usually way off that. I mean, is that the support email? Because that seems weird. Yeah. That Anyways. was that was the email you wanted to read. Yeah. About the Bill Gates? No, no, no. Oh, no, okay. that just popped in right now. It's super timely. Okay, maybe I'll throw this. Uh, are you going to read the email then? Yeah. Here, I'll throw in some nice uh, background music for you while you're doing that. I think. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who's it from? Uh, it's from uh, Andrew Mickelson. Andrew. Beep. Whoops. Andrew Mickelson. Are you supposed to say his name? I don't know. He didn't say not to. Don't. You got to tell us if you don't want your name said because uh, otherwise we'll just say it. I can't find the jingle. Yeah, anyways, go it's all good. So, hey, guys, first of all, I'd like to say good work on the podcast. You and Darren have great chemistry and being Canadian is just the cat's ass. Some special love to Darren as I'm from Fort Francis and ah. can count the number of times I've ever heard Kenora mentioned ever. There's something engaging about listening to producers who are immersed in the same culture as the listener. Most, if not all my other podcasts are based out of the States and I can't help but find myself wondering 
How much does this really apply to me? I've been listening to the podcast for about a year now, and I'm always told myself when I have a little more money, I'll start to donate. I finally got a decent little pay bump about a month ago. Perfect, justified, now I can start donating. Only to have the global financial meltdown a few weeks later. I'm still working though. Apparently peddling iPhones is an essential service. People need their iPhones, so I figured fuck it, and I have officially become a small donor. I request a dedouching, LOL. <laughs> that's Done. From, that's from No Agenda. It's the independent media that are the ones cutting through all the mainstream bullshit right now, and it's more important than ever for those of us who can to support them. I see this whole COVID thing as a great opportunity for the globalists to consolidate the financial sectors. Giant corporations will be able to weather a year or two of financial distress, but when this is all over, Monpa, retail stores, and grocers will be the thing of the past, along with the credit unions and small banks. That along with the global traffic infrastructure, this whole pandemic will prove to the masses just how unprepared we really are and will have everyone begging for systems to make sure that it doesn't happen again. It's a pivot point in the agenda to take over the world. We shouldn't be that surprised, though. We all know this is what those elites and blue bloods are after. They have the influence to make it happen, but somehow it feels so surreal. You almost feel helpless in stopping it. It's so obvious, but the masses just don't see it. So how do we stop it? Maybe we can't. I think some advice for everyone listening to this is we can't stop powerful people from getting what they want. They have too much money and influence, but you don't have to comply. It doesn't mean you have to be violent. It starts with daily choices. Support your favorite alternative medias. Support the local. You have a choice in where you spend your dollars, and that can go a long way. Buy your food from your local markets. Buy your clothes from local vendors. Don't funnel your money to the corporations or are just going to use it against you. I want to plug a few other podcasts in the hopes that we'll turn a few people on and send a few bucks their way. The No Agenda Podcast, Those Conspiracy Guys, The Boiler Room, and The Propaganda Report. All of who we've uh, had on and who we've talked to, friends of ours, I would say, all of them, they're all worth checking out. Hope this all made sense because I'm not proofreading it in the words of the late, great Nardwar. Keep on rocking in a free world and do-do-do, la-do-do. P.S. Go Leafs, go. Dooby-dooby-doo. Thanks, man. Well, that's just it. We can't do the show without uh, fellas like him supporting it. That's our only sports stream. Over at grimeamerica.ca slash support. If you're finding some value in these podcasts, we bring your way 400 and some odd of them now. Uh, plus there's like 50 or 60 in the black budget feed that you can get, you know, just by emailing us and asking for it or by coming a supporter, either or. Yeah. Yep. Get all that shit. We got some books, audio books in there. Oh, there's some great stuff in there. There's never been a better time to get that black budget feed and you can get it for free. Of course, if you can't afford to support the show, we would appreciate it more if you did that because that, like I say, that's the only way we pay our bills. And we wouldn't be these show. This podcast would not be here if it weren't for the people that are supporting yeah. it already. It'd be gone. No, way too expensive. To yeah, I mean, and honestly, if people stop supporting, it'll probably it. be gone. Yeah. So we know, really appreciate. And it. And we've got people dropping off right now from the pandemic fucking wake and the pandemic's wake. So you know, we just need some people to step up now and support the show if you can. Help us keep moving in the right direction. We love you for it. So, uh, all right. One last thing. Oh, you know, also chats. People can join the chats. They can review the show. They can send me emails. I'm on Instagram. Graham on Instagram. I can, you can find us there on Gramerica. Graham at Gramerica.com is the email. Darren's on Twitter. And uh, got the operation project ready to go. Gramerica.ca slash chats. Yeah. 
All right, I'm not going to play the jingle. I got to put it on the board still. So okay. You go ahead. Okay, this is Operation Sea Spray. Kind of along the same vein as the other one. I might be on this vein for a while, considering. I want to know what these guys were up to in the 50s. Oh, wait, actually. Right. I want to add to Buddy's email. Okay. Because I got a little initiative for you guys. If you want to, like, because people are always like, well, how can you push back? Or how yeah. can you how can you sort of... Fight back. Well, here's one. Most of you probably aren't allowed chickens. But what are they going to do if you get some chickens? They're going to tell you to get rid of your chickens. So I'm going to build a chicken coop anyway, and I'm getting some chickens. May 3rd, my chickens arrive. So that means you get what? Eggs? And two eggs a day. Two eggs a day? Yeah. Two well, chickens? Well, I think how wow, it is. They, is they make that many? They, they lay like five or six days a week. What? <laughs> so it's like you do an average of two a day. So if I have three hens, I'll get 18 eggs a week. Wow. Which is enough for my family. And maybe a little bit more to give to you once in a while. Or who, if you know, if I get too much, I'll just give them to my friends or my neighbors. Yeah. And it's like 40 bucks for the chickens. Yeah. It's going to be like $40 worth of supplies. You can feed them a lot of scraps and stuff in a bit. Oh, you'll of be making your money back in a couple months. Oh, yeah. yeah. In fucking no time. So I'm just thinking, and I posted on the Facebook page, is, you know, people are looking for a way to just push back on the system yeah. without shooting at people or revol revolutionizing, revolting. We get a couple hands. You one or two hens. Put them in your backyard. You don't need a lot of room for these things. A little bit of sunlight. What about your neighbors? What about your snitchy neighbors? We'll see what happens. You know what? Honestly, I think... Stitches for snitches? I honestly think that <laughs> the, that we've kind of crossed a corner in that right now. We've turned a corner on that kind of stuff. I don't think the bylaw cops want to come here and fucking come to my house, for one. And two, I think they've got other things to worry about than chickens right now while the fucking global economy What about your collapses. landlord? I don't know. Yeah, see what he says. Whatever. Yeah. They're in a little coop. Yeah. So it's like, is it fair? Is it is it humane to keep them in a coop? Like you're gonna give them enough? Everyone else, you buy a chicken coop, so uh, everyone keeps the chickens gonna, in. You're gonna give them some running space in there, like a little chickens tread, living like a little, coops, little uh, run. Down yeah, the side, they'll have or? the whole under the deck to run oh, around okay. on and stuff, right, and well, then I'll have good, a little yeah. coop and a little area yeah. out there, and I'm gonna detach from the eggs. What about mate? What about the racket in the morning when the roosters start? I'm not getting a rooster, a rooster. Not get a rooster. Why would I get a rooster? I thought I heard you talking about a rooster. No, no, no. Roosters. Michael's don't. trying to get you to get a rooster. Roosters don't lay eggs. I mean, roosters. If you want to start reproducing your own chickens now, but I'm not that hardcore. I need a farm for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just. Yeah, like, you don't want to wake up this way. I just have to buy some three chickens every two years. Yeah. Every two or three years. That's I gotta, how long they last? I got. Yeah, they last two or three years. Yeah. Hmm. Cool, man. That's a good idea. It's a good way to do it. And I think at the at the very least, during the um, COVID era, they're, they're not going to fine you, I don't think, or throw you in jail for trying to do your own food supply. They might just say, hey, bro, you got to get rid of the chickens. Yeah. And then you cut their heads off and eat them. So, I mean, you still get your money's worth out of the chickens in the end when you eat them. So you just do that before they get too old, or how do you? How yeah, you probably keep the them for like, like two, that? two and a half years when they start slowing down on the land, and or do you just keep an eye and wait for them to die naturally? And then no, 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 you don't. Like never eat that, anything that dies naturally. Really? No, that's not a good idea. What if? What if I got hit by? What if? It, what if road road rate road uh, kill doesn't get eaten? Well, I mean, you can, if you hit it, or if you're like super well, hungry, not really man. naturally though, I guess right. So why don't you eat stuff? I mean, I feel well, like because an idiot. If you don't, I get, don't know this, if you don't get the guts out of something really quick, the meat starts to go bad. Like if you, you'd like, have to catch it dying. You, like you'd have to catch it dropping over, and then yeah, you know, especially it's not if like it's like two hot days, out. it's been lying there in the sun. You know, especially if it's hot out, you're talking yeah. hours, yeah. not days. Right. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. I'll take you out. 
Take me out where? To gut a deer. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to <laughs> gut a deer. No. <laughs> I, anyway. <laughs> I don't even want to gut a chicken or a fish. I mean, I'm just not there right now. I just, I've done the fish. You, you know, when I was a get kid. there fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to, I'll do it. If it's survival, but right now, no. Okay, let's hear your operation sea spray. We're already at forty minutes on the intro. Oh That's supposed so to be much short. For a Why don't you say sea spray till Friday? No, no, because I got a bunch of these things, so oh. I'm just going to do sea spray. Okay. It was a 1950 U.S. Navy secret experiment in which Saracia, Marcensis, Marcensins, and Basilis globuli, no globigi, globigi, globigi. Is that a name? Globigi. Bacteria were sprayed over the San Francisco Bay Area in California. So from September 20th to the 27th, they released these pathogens off the shore of San Fran. Based on results. Out of planes? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, they were sprayed. Yeah. Actually, it doesn't say planes. Let me, let me figure it out here. Could be from a boat. So, maybe? based on results from monitoring equipment at 43 locations around the city, the Army determined that San Francisco had received enough of a dose for nearly all of the city's 800,000 residents to inhale at least 5,000 of the particles. Oof. On Jesus. October on October 11th, in 1950, 11 residents checked into Stanford Hospital for very rare, serious urinary tract infections. Although 10 residents recovered, one patient, Edward Neven, died three weeks later. None of the other hospitals in the city reported similar spikes in cases, and all 11 victims had urinary tract infections following medical procedures, suggesting the source of their infections lay inside the hospital. Cases of pneumonia in San Francisco also increased after Seratia marcensins was released, though a casual relation has not being conclusively established, a causal relation, huh? The bacteria was also combined with phenol and an anthrax stimulant, simulant, and sprayed across South Dorset by U.S. and U.K. military scientists as part of the DICE trials, which ran from 71 to 75. Wow. What's DICE stand for? Don't know. It doesn't give you that link in here. This is from Wikipedia, actually, so take it with a grain of salt. It's not hyperlinked? No, the dice isn't. The dice trials are not hyperlinked. So let's see here. Oh, there's a whole bunch of similar tests too. Ooh, that could be interesting. So the Senate. Let's see here. Uh, illnesses, lawsuit. So now that family got the the family members of that guy that died filed the lawsuit against federal government, alleging negligent and responsibility for the death, as well as financial and emotional harm caused to his wife for the medical costs. The lower court ruled against them, particularly primarily because the bacteria used in the test was unproven to be responsible for his death. The Nevin family appealed the suit all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, which declined to overturn lower court judgments. So they lost in court. That sucks. Huh. How can you lose that in court? I know. I mean. Well, you know, they were like, what, this one guy died out of 5,000 particles into 800,000 residents and one guy died. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Similar tests. Oh boy. Between 49 and 69, open air tasks of biological agents were conducted 239 times. In 80 of those experiences, the army said it used live bacteria that its researchers at the time thought were harmless. 
In others, it used inert chemicals to, to simulate bacteria. There you go. They also Is there more use, to they it? Also use zinc, cadmium, so if sulfide. you don't think you're being fucking run by fascists, that'll just spray you down with shit or lock you in your house just for whatever reason. If you think they need a reason to do shit, you're fucking, you're just, you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the point of these things. Yeah. That's kind of the point of these things is, you know, whether the intention is good to do these things or not. I mean, they're, they're doing these tests, these operations and projects. All right. There you have it, buddy. There you have it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Your short intro is 45 minutes. Great podcast coming up with James Drew. We're going to have two more this week. We got Greg Carwood coming up. We got Bruce Fenton coming up. Jeez, we got some fucking fantastic shows coming out in the next month or two. You guys are going to be thrilled. Support, grammarica.ca slash support. Other than that, enjoy the chat. James True. got the man whose last name destined him to write about belief he's a philosopher and artist and augmented reality programmer and the author of the technology of belief an awesome book darren's last minute uh scheduling here for uh, james true welcome to the show james thanks for coming on buddy oh thanks for having me it's like i was like i was saying i heard you on aeon bite it was a great chat with miguel and and then uh, Darren sent the invitation to me and it popped in. It was just a great coincidence of uh, Darren scheduling somebody that we didn't even talk about in uh, beforehand at all. And I'd already listened to your show. So, yeah, thanks for sending over your book. It was a great read and I'm glad to, glad to chat with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Darren, what did you want to, yeah. I mean, Darren, I think Darren's been sort of uh, going back and forth on Twitter with you as well. I mean, do you want to jump into the to, to the book right now, which was fantastic, or do you want to uh, talk well, about the state of the world? I just, uh, I just see James going off on Twitter all day. <laughs> I'm not sure when I ended up, when, when I started following you or where you came from, I kind of noticed we were following each other. Actually, I think I, I think where I picked you up is you're arguing with, uh, amazing Polly. That's where it was. Ugh. And then uh, I started going through your feed. I noticed we followed each other and uh, I asked you to come on the show and you said yes within like a minute. So it worked out that way. I mean, I, Graham's read the book. I haven't read the book. So I, to be honest, I didn't know a lot about you until about two weeks ago when I started getting into your Twitter stuff. And uh, uh -huh. it seems like me and you are kind of on the same page for some of that stuff. So I figured I'd ask you to come on the show and then Graham read the book in the meantime. So we should be able to have quite the show here. I noticed you're flying okay, your okay. flag upside down officially. Uh, yeah, although it's not my flag, but yeah, 
yeah, the the upside down flag means that that there is trouble afoot, and uh, and that's what we're looking at right now. In the states or in the world? Uh, in the well, it's in the world, but uh, the United States right now is under attack by its own government. This is uh, phase two of nine eleven. Technically, it would be phase three of JFK, <laughs> or phase four of World War Two, or phase five of World War One. Yeah. Um, and of course I'm skipping the civil war and I'm skipping the revolutionary war because I don't want to keep you guys here all day while I name that, um, since world war two, every 1.29 years, the new world order has invaded or bombed another country. And uh, America is the strong arm of that order. And, uh, that's what you hear me talking about on Twitter. And when people like amazing Polly get mad at me, it's because I'm telling them something that is uncomfortable for them. And they would rather uh, spew propaganda that goes against that in order to maintain a certain hope faggery in, within everyone's mind where everyone feels like they're safe and everything's fine. And that triggers me because I've been lied to too many times in my life. And I think we have to make it expensive to lie. Right now it's profitable. And as long as it's profitable to lie, there will be a giant, giant truckload of narcissists that are lined up to capitalize on whatever feelings they can uh, find it's a vampiric kind of energy transfer, and the heart of that is QAnon. Uh, QAnon is a an op that I personally um, would like to kill with words and expose for what it is, and uh, that's why you see me so passionate uh, on Twitter because it's the exact same uh, constrictor that has been wrapping its arms around our neck or wrapping its trunk actually of its snake around our neck for so long now and because we're in such a uh, a trance stockholm syndrome shock um the very uh immune system that's trying to defend it uh, people like myself are being fought by the very people that are enslaved by it and that's due to trauma programming something that i write exclusively about in my first book uh actually my second book blueprints of mind control and a lot of that leaks over into technology of belief. Yeah. So what you guys read in technology of belief is more about the actual technology of belief itself. There's a plasma, a plasmic field that emanates from you when you believe in something, um, whether it be your, you want a plant to grow, you want a meal to taste really good, you want your child to uh, feel love, you want your dog to prosper. All those things are a, uh, a connection between you and another living entity where you're sending that plasma to them, and it's a, uh, a feed. It's a wireless feed. We have our own wireless system. It's called empathy. In fact, uh, telepathy is a somatic connection between two bodies. Your, your adrenal system logs into another adrenal system, and you have a connection. But there is a... Well, let me put it this way. Man is not the top of the food chain. There is something else above us, and that is psychopathy. And inside of psychopathy, you're going to find sociopathy, narcissism, um, all of your major religious figures that, you know, have millions of dollars. It's, that's a perfect example of, of how that, how that fuel is funded, how that goes. People will distribute hope as a narcotic, as a heroin. And, uh, anyone who's too weak, anyone that doesn't have a sure heart is going to fall for that. And they're going to attack people like me for, uh, trying to dispel that, for trying to remove that chemical addiction to them. Um, all of mind control is chemical. It has nothing to do with thoughts. It has nothing to do with MKUltra. All of that is total bullshit. 
I say bullshit because I'm not saying it's not real, but I'm calling it bullshit because that is there to make you think that mind control is an MK Ultra program, and it's not. Mind control happens every moment of your life. When you watch Hollywood, you're under the impression that that's not the government. When you watch sports, you're under the impression that's not the government, but all of them are the government. Huh. Wow, that was well said. I, I have so much to talk about here. I, I kind of, I tend to agree on most, I tend to agree on most of that stuff. I mean, I mean, I went back and forth on the cues so many times, like in the beginning I was into it and then I was out and then I was in and then I was out. And then, I mean, and then I just couldn't believe it was still going, to be honest, when I was out for a while. And then, well, it's that, it's that faint hope. And like Darren and I were talking today, he's, t- he's talking about how, you know, another famous celebrity or per- person has come up with, uh, as you know, Prince Charles. Yeah. With Prince COVID. Charles has I mean, COVID. so all these, you know, it's, it's hard not to believe it when when the coincidences just start racking up to the point where you, you wonder, like, how can it not be somewhat true when really all these people that they've been talking about forever are all coming down with the with the virus? But before you before you comment on that, I mean, I, I do you think it's changed? Like the faint hope is is the thing that keeps us all, you know, wanting change or whatever. But it just seems like it's ramped up so heavy in the last few years where the 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 war whether it's the spiritual warfare or the the left and right paradigm or the the QAnon versus the globalist paradigm it just seems so real and heavy this time it just feels yeah. it feels real like how can that be orchestrated you know well um first of all uh QAnon is the new world order it's the uh, an op of Mossad it was written by Steve Bannon um Steve Bannon after he was CEO of Trump's campaign um <laughs> he was fired as sloppy Steve is what Trump <laughs> called him and 8 weeks later I'm sorry 10 weeks later the very first post from QAnon came out which was a lie which promised people that the next morning Hillary Clinton would be arrested from that moment on um QAnon saw really quick just how these people are stupid uh, that that's Q telling you exactly what he thinks. And he noticed right away, wow, these people are stupid. That's why he says, enjoy the show. What you're looking at right now is a hunger game orchestrated by QAnon, orchestrated by that same hope faggery that's tapped in and uh, constricted us and numbed us. The reason why QAnon came out the way it did is because people were awakened to 9-11 as an inside job. People knew that. Those people had been holding that thought in their mind since 9-11. And if you hold a state for that long inside your limbic system, you're going to get tired. It's going to become exhausting. And QAnon came, came by and said, let me ease that trouble off your shoulders, good soldier. Allow me to comfort you and tell you that I will take care of everything. And what that does is you end up uh, um, subduing the tip of the spear, the people that that follow QAnon would have been the tip of the spear. They would have been the most deadly in the truth attack. And they are laying on their bellies right now. Their hands are behind their head, and they've stuck their head in the soil. And because, because we've shamed the ego and pride so much, these people would rather um, save face than stand up and say enough. They will say things instead like, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And that's what happened with Amazing Polly. Um, I told her that the I exposed, I don't mean to say I did it, but I, I did. I'm, I'm sure others did. But I exposed that the Epstein Temple, there was a satanic Epstein Temple that was paraded by QAnon. It was a Hollywood movie set. 
I showed direct pictures that it was a fake facade. I mean, it's like looking at the pictures and it shows you how blind the hope is because people were looking at the pictures and they were saying, well, you're, you're trying to say the building's fake. And it's just like, no, that's a telephone utility building that, uh, that existed on the island. It's used for communications. Um, it's a square building like you would see in anything. This is not a billionaire who wants to create a satanic temple so he can sacrifice a naked virgin. Um, if he was going to do that, he would have put a little bit more thought into using a utility building. And instead, he painted it as a, as a facade to look like a satanic temple. And Q posted that on the board saying, and there's a satanic temple. That makes everyone, everyone freak out. This is the same, same trick that the general witch finder um, used to do during the Salem witch trials, in which case he would go into a town and say, hey, do you guys got any witches? I'm a witch hunter. And they would say, no, we don't have any witches. And he would walk outside of town and go, huh. I need to drum up some business. And at that point, he would simply put in an infiltrator. He would create an anonymous shit poster in the woods that would whisper rumors as people walk by. There's a witch. There's a witch. There's a witch in here. There's a witch. There's a witch. And pretty soon you've got the whole town in furries over it. And then you commit one false flag and boom. Now you have um, everyone wanting to burn something. That's what Amazing Polly is. She's the Puritan witch burner in this. And she's really, really messed up because she's led so many people off the cliff. So many people that I've told the truth to, they have turned around and told everyone else that I am an agent of deceit <laughs> and that I am the problem. And uh, no matter how many facts I give, no matter how much the timeline I show, I show you step by step by step why it's Steve Bannon. This guy went to Harvard. There's your Harvard-Wexner connection. He was in naval warfare intelligence. So there's your military psyop. He went to Hollywood. So there's your uh, fantasy island pro wrestler scriptwriter. And then he was CEO of Trump's campaign. And then 10 weeks after the campaign, boom, he's posting about Hillary Clinton. Also, a year before Epstein disappeared, exactly one year to the day, Ep uh, Bannon went to see Epstein. Uh, reporters caught him early in the morning, exactly one year. And I think that meeting was basically a trip switch saying, I'm not going to be able to talk to you for a while, but in a year, this is how it's going to go down. Just sit tight, keep playing your role. And now we're being told <clears throat> the reason why every single media outlet said Epstein didn't kill himself. There is a subversive underlying uh, root that comes with that, which means Epstein is dead. Everyone instead argues over whether or not he killed himself, which means everyone assumes that he's dead. That's a trick. That's how you slide something in the door. The exact same trick was done with the rumor that well, Q was a LARP. No one ever, ever doubted if Q was a LARP, but because QAnon was allowed to say this argument is about whether or not I'm a LARP, no one was asking, what is Q's motivation? What is their goal? And I saw that goal a long time ago. I was trained by the military as a sub-hunter. It's my job to find threats and point them out. And as I'm pointing them out, people that are pretending to be patriotic and pretending to be American are calling me wrong, calling me negative. Meanwhile, they're begging for 5G. They're begging for um, Mark of the Beast. They're begging for more control. And now they're walking around saying, we deserve to know who's infected. So now everyone's issuing papers. Now we've got rules where, where you can read my, if I get sick, you can look at my cell phone and access my Bluetooth, my Bluetooth, and determine whichever cell phones I've connected to. And now they can go to those cell phones and say, well, you might be sick too. And now you have a virus that's completely undetectable. You have something that has an 80% fail rate for any kind of test you have. The test itself is just for the marker. It's not even for the actual virus. 
And just like back in uh, puritanical times, where they would tell you that, that, oh, someone has sin, that sin is the COVID virus. It is a red scare. And instead of communists, it's us. And that's the state of things right now. And, and because of that, <clears throat> my truth has always been sour. My truth has always been bitter. And I'm a fucking poet. I'm a really good writer. I'm not just saying Oh, that. yeah, you I are. Your book was really fantastic. Well. I mean, that's, I wanted to bring some context to this because it's not just, you're, you're not just shitting all over Q. I mean, you shit all over everybody. I mean, it's the mainstream media, the other side, both sides, all sides, you know, you know, so maybe, maybe just bring some context to, to make people seem that, you know, or realize that it's not just. Yeah, you know, you're not just shitting all um, over one side. No, it's not. I, I have a very powerful message. I have a very powerful solution. Um, basically, Columbus didn't discover America; he erased it. Everything you've been taught in school about <laughs> what happened with all of our wars, literally everything you've been taught. All right, guys, history is graffiti, and the person with the biggest spray can wins. And it is impossible to compete with the spray cans of the United States of the educational system. Yeah. Every single fact that you're ever ingested in comes from a centralized source. Every single medicine that you're ever affected with comes from a centralized source. Every single military decision, every single political party, every single decision that happens comes from a centralized source. And that source is called the Tower of Babel. And what you were looking at is the rising of the next Babel. This is not the first time we built a tower. There's nothing metaphorical about what I'm saying. I'm sorry. This is metaphorical, but what I mean is it's not fiction. The, we have been here in this place in history before. We will be here in this place in history again. This construct, that, this beautiful, beautiful construct that we're living in has a repeating pattern. It's a fractal, and that fractal is the building of this tower. And every, every time we build this tower up, as man grows smarter, as the cattle learn, it becomes necessary to uh, erase that memory because knowledge is power. And if you can hold knowledge over somebody, you control that person. The reason why they tell you lies is not because they're dastardly. It's pure strategy. If I tell you a is lie- Is it intentional though, or is it intentional strategy? Yes. If I, if I tell you a lie and I get you to believe it, then every time you say that lie, think that lie, feel that lie, I am getting some of your plasma. I am literally getting some of your life force and every single thing that you do on behalf of that life force is actually going to come to me and I can prove it. If you guys picture what it was like in high school when you're at a basketball game and it's the very, very last second and you throw a shot, a three pointer from across the, the field, right from across the court and you swish, you freaking make that swish and you win the game. There is a prana economy underneath that action. What I mean by that is 20 years from that day, you're going to walk into the Ritz-Carlton for your uh, high school reunion, and you are going to get fed prana even to that day. People are going to be like, holy shit, dude, I remember when you did that. When you go in for a job interview 10 years prior, and you needed that little bit of extra oomph, that little bit of confidence, you don't even have to think it. The fact is, is that three, years, three days before that, you were in the shower, and something tipped you off, and you remembered that shot you made. And instantly when you get that shot, everybody in the audience in high school has already banked that prana for you. Do you see what I mean? They yeah. bank that prana in a special way. And when you access that, you tap into it. That's why amnesia is so important. We're not able to tap into our ancestors because we forgot. I have remembered. I remember the soil. I know who I am. I know why I'm here. 
and the Earth's immune system. Things like NIM technology, all these things that we have is the Earth feeding the immune system. It's waiting for people like me. It's waiting for spores like myself to wake the fuck up. And that's what's happening right now. <laughs> See, the part that the part that's hard is the local how in this, you know, in this Babel instance, it's going from the centralized power to the local governments and the local people that are putting down the restrictions for us. And we're all of a sudden paying attention to our local politics, which has rarely, rarely happened. But they seem to have a pretty good handle on it. But they're, but they don't like. I guess I don't even really know how to ask this question. But how does that control sift down to the local, local uh, economy or the local politicians, where they just seem to be doing what they think is best, which is testing a bunch of people and trying to keep people away? Do you know what I mean? Like they don't seem to be part of the grand conspiracy, but it's working. No, they're not. No, no one is is fooling you. Uh, there's very, very few people that are actually trying to fool you, um, because the best kind of, uh, shill you're going to have is someone that just naturally believes what they want. This is why Zionism is so important because you have people that in the back of their mind, chemically, they are afraid of going to hell. They've had their, the end of their penis cut off. They've been told they're evil. They've been told they're full of soil, that they're full of dirt, that they have a black carbon footprint everywhere they go. They've been told they're racist, they're sexist, they're toxic, every single word. And what that does is it gelds the psyche. It cuts off the ego. We tell each other ego is bad. And all we're doing is we're draining our warp core. We're asking Scotty to give us full engines. And as soon as he does, we're shoving up, open the airlock and sucking it all out. Because we, we want to make sure that we're ego-less, that we're selfless, that, that we don't focus on ourselves. And that's where our power is, because you find power in your bones. But you're not going to find it if you can't remember. You're not going to find it if you can't tap into the soil because all of us are 7,780 years old. We just don't know it because we can't remember all that chain. We, we, we can't remember that chain on purpose. It's purposely been covered over. There's something about bone technology. There's something about bone technology that we don't understand. And if you look in the Old Testament, if you look in the Talmudic texts, if you look in the oral traditions of Islam, you're going to see this same theme, this theme of not only do we kill them, I want you to burn, burn all their them. bodies, yeah. and then I want you to ground their bones into a powder, and I want you to spread that powder on top of their altars, on top of their cemeteries, and chop down their ashira, chop down their grove, chop down the forest that they live inside of. And let's call that evil. Let's let everything we do evil, let's say that that's what pagans are. And then everything that, 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 that is actually evil, we're going to call that good. And that good is this Tower of Babel rising. And the only reason why it's so popular is because our prana is going right to them. Every moment of every day, you have a finite amount of belief that you can give. And you think it's intangible, you think it doesn't matter. It's tangible and it matters. It's your auric field, it's your ego. When someone sees you with charisma, what they're seeing is your, your field. There's, it's not because you're proportionally beautiful. You see charisma in weird-looking people all the right, time. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a glow of prana, and you're attracted to that. That prana is pure, raw belief, and it can be directed wherever you want. And most of us don't even know it, and most of us are too afraid to even take ownership of it because of the fear that we're going to burn an eternal hell if we pick wrong. This is mind control, but it's chemical. It's all dopamine-based. 
Oh, man. So after reading your book, I, I was struck by one thing, which is a positive thing that, that I think we've done a pretty good job over the years of straddling this whole thing without sort of buying into either side. I mean, we've been in and out of, in and out of different things. I mean, even when, with the ET subject or some pretty big subjects that, that, I mean, I have some pretty big belief systems like the, we went Trumpy for a while, you longer than me. Yeah, but you know that's the hope, the faint hope clause. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it's it's the outsider, the hope that something's going to change because it's not working as it is, and and I think it's just I exactly ended what on he there said, all so. fascist, but I was hoping we had more time. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you think this yeah. is a drill still, or is this it? We're done. No. It's not that we're done. Um, <clears throat> no rancher would want to destroy his cattle. Um, it's just not profitable, and. Especially if his cattle. What if you got too many of them? Um, I don't think we have too many. Um, I, I think, um, especially if the cattle's willing to stab each other in the back to protect the rancher, that <laughs> took thousands of years to breed that into us. That is some serious work. Who would want to throw all that away? It'd be really brutal right now. If you guys remember the black magic ceremony of Elon Musk, he revealed that um, that truck, that Tesla truck, right, with bulletproof <laughs> yeah. glass. That is the elite telling you this is your future. And you guys are going to be competing over which one of you can afford the armored car that I'm going to sell you. That is the future. And the way you install that is through economic collapse. Economic collapse is going to cause a hunger game. And right now, people are going to be choosing sides. Now, because all of us have been lied to so long, because so many of us are falling for the heroin, Many of us are going to stay down on our bellies. The strongest among us, the ones that were most suspicious of 9-11, are going to remain lying down. And it's cowardly. It makes me mad. And the reason why I'm activated about it is because I'm running through the field. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm running through a library right now, screaming, the books are on fire. And everybody's saying, shh, people are trying to read. People are trying to read. And what they're reading is a rabbit hole. And what is the rabbit hole? Where does your head go when you put it down the rabbit hole, guys? Where does it go? It goes in the dirt, just like an ostrich. That's where it goes. And what you're looking at, that map behind you on the wall, the very same map that I followed, and please hear me out. I was a huge Q follower. This is not me saying that how dare you be wrong, but that is a Kabbalistic map where it shows you all the different points of all the different evil that's associated. And because it's laid out, you end up looking at it and you're hypnotized by it. You're so blown away at all the evil. You're blown away by the tapestry of evil that they've been weaving for years. And that ends up being the heroin. <clears throat> heroin or heroin? Heroin, the drug. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a drug. And the, the, the best way I think to say it is the spider is too big for us to admit yeah. Like the, the, the belly stretches from skyline to skyline. And all we see, Washington is just one arm. It's just one mandible on the jaw. Hollywood is the other. The media is the other. Countries are not what we think they are. It doesn't work that way. The same for parties. The same for vaccines. The same for education. Every single thing that you think that the government has done to you to help you has been done to psychically geld you. It's there to turn a wild horse into, into something that'll carry straw. 
And that's, that's what we've become. So why, why would Q then just to stick with that theme a little bit, follow the white rabbit, the adrenochrome molecule, all that, like, why would, why would they be helping to expose this thing that really is a problem in the world? Yeah. Why are they, why are they bringing more attention to it? I just told you, I need you to imagine that there's a bunch of ninjas in the trees, like free wild men. that are like, 9-11 was an inside job. 9-11 was an inside job. They are ready. They've got their sharpened sticks. They, they want to know. that They know the panther is in the, in the jungle. They know it's there. Everyone in the village who thinks it was 19 box cutters, those are people that do not believe in panthers. Okay? They're inside their house pretending that spiders in their bathtub are scary. They're, they're, they don't admit that panthers exist. Okay? The people in QAnon know there's a panther. And that's why they were targeted. Now, they were targeted for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's to dull them. Man is a dangerous animal. QAnon does not need dangerous animals out there. The only way he could do that, you have to give them what they want, which means you're going to have to give them a little bit of truth. If you're going to hunt a rabbit, if you're going to hunt any kind of game, you're not going to put a plastic squeaky toy of food. It's not going to work. You have to give them something substantial. You have to give them something they can sink their teeth into. If you don't, the trap doesn't work. These people were already paranoid. These people were already looking for it. So what he did is he put the meat out there, and then he poured heroin on top of it. The heroin was, there is a secret, underground, infiltrated, white hat movement living inside of our government that since JFK was purposely hiding silently until Donald Trump came <laughs> and people ate it the fuck up. Yeah. I ate it up. I am guilty. All of us are. This is not a time or a place to talk about who was wrong and, and how soon they got it. All we can do is talk about who's being honest with what's on the field, who's using their, who's blocking the truth to make themselves feel better. Who's profiting as a snake oil salesman on the, on the heroin. These, these are all different enemies. These are all different models that's causing trouble. These are things that's stopping the, info, the, the rising, the great awakening. I need you guys to understand that 20, 30 years ago, the great awakening started. It started in, I don't know, England, Ireland. You know, <clears throat> look at Thomas Sheridan's work, just an example. It, it's this, the great awakening was trying to start for a while. QAnon is the snooze bar. QAnon is the snooze button on the great awakening. It's telling you, you're woke, you're woke, and there's no such thing as woke, all right? You were awakening. You don't go out in the jungle and go, oh, I saw a panther the other day, therefore I know where all panthers are. Mm. That's not how it works. You were on point 24-7, and the only way you can be on point for 24-7 is you have to understand your enemy. Otherwise, you're going to be looking like you're trying to find predator, and you don't, he's invisible, so you don't know if he's going to be big, small, you don't know where he's going to be. If you understand the panther, you know he's going to hunt at night, he's going to want warm meat, and he's going to attack something small. You know that, so you know what to look for. There's a specific point that's going to save you calories. It's going to help you hunt better. It's going to help you defend your, your tribe better. QAnon was there to squelch all that, and it did a fantastic job, amazing job. It dangled things like some of the meat that it used in this trap was Pizzagate. Pizzagate is a very fascinating psyop because it shows you yes psyop but hear me out hear me out okay it's true but it's a psyop you got it it's so confusing but you have to understand this is a perfect example of it this is like strawberry cheesecake with like 
the juices of the most sexy woman you've ever imagined on it. I mean, it was just such, such a draw to it. And that's how you get people sucked in. You put out the most uh, tasteful, like mouthwatering thing you can possibly do. And because you put an, uh, an outer shell that's fake on top of Pizzagate, you end up misdirecting and covering up for the crimes of the real Pizzagate inside. And that's why when you look at Epstein, you see he wasn't punished. That's why when you look at George Bush Sr., you see he wasn't punished. Our kids played Hail to the Chief. They, they, they lined up in marching bands as the train went by and played Hail to the Chief for him. John McCain was sat in Rotunda as veterans in the Marine Corps stood guard. Our own veterans stood guard over someone like that. And these people are, I would say traitors, but that's not really understanding what America is. <laughs> it's, there's nothing to betray. America has been this spider for longer than all of us have been alive. And to be fair with ourselves, we need to remember our grandparents saw JFK shot in broad daylight. And they entered a Stockholm syndrome. They, they entered this state, this trance state of shock, not fear, not pain, shock. These are very, very different things. And it's important to understand what shock is and how it's different than fear and pain. But as that shock was there, it stayed with the next false flag, with the next false flag. When you have Vietnam, you have all these things. We start, you know, every 1.29 years, we're invading another country. Now, those kids... The people that watched Kennedy shot, the worst thing possible imagine happened. They had kids. And now you have an epigenetic transfer of shock that goes into them. And then those kids, something even worse happened. They had kids. And now you have inversion. Now you have a society that values deceit, that uh, fights each other. We're literally flogging each other on the street to say, who, who hates themselves the most. We compete for the virtue on the street to compete which of us is the most racist, the most sexist, which of us is the evilest among us. That's what you end up creating sadists and masochists. They're both the same on either side because of this trauma programming. And all it takes is for the government to buy you an eggman muffin. The kidnapper has put you in the van. He's running around the world, blowing up banks and shooting tellers in the mouth. And you're stuck in the car with him. And he comes out one day and he buys you an Egg McMuffin. And you're like, oh, he must be good. He must be good after all. Why would he buy me an Egg McMuffin? Why would he do that? And that's gaslighting. And that's what QAnon is because that is the black magic of Mossad. That's how Mossad works. These guys have been at this for thousands of years. Yeah, I was just going to say that, of- that that epigenetic trauma memory also goes back much farther. It must go back thousands of years. And you're looking at Mossad that literally has been bred into the most evil. I'm talking about some of these Mossad agents have been bred to be as evil and cunning as they possibly can be. And they're doing it for God. They're doing that for their country. It's not even country to them. They're doing it for this structure that they're building. And this structure has an outer, outer congregation. And that congregation is basically like swine. That's why they keep injecting us with swine parts. They want to, and they, they love that we inject each other with swine parts. They love that because it just shows them just how stupid we are. 
just how easy it is to make us do that. But is it is and the battle real though at the top? I mean, it's it's that's that's understandable and makes sense to me. That one side, the new world order, you're saying from mm-hmm. there. But what about the other, the other side? That's per, I mean, it seems like it's yeah. a real battle. I mean, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like it can be f- as fake as at uh, the top of the Illuminati, like. Or at the top it's of the government? Fake. No, it's not at the top that far. It's at the top of, like, at, at that level, the Mossad level, the, yeah. the Mossad versus somebody else who's trying to bring in this other globalist paradigm, I would say, which this yeah. seems to me like this could backfire on it. I mean, if they wanted to, to you know, uh, level out the economy of the world and, and we're all buying cheap parts from, from China and, and India and all this, and, I mean, that, that seems like this might backfire from that. I mean, we should be making, after this kind of, virus pandemic we should be doing more locally we should be communicating more locally yes. like I, I i feel like there's some disconnects there between the power struggle well we definitely should decentralize and i really hope we can get to that because i do have a model and a solution guys please don't hear me as just complaining or oh just, yeah no 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 it's good how yeah. bad it is yeah i have a strong strong clever solution that i would love to bring up but before we get there let's explain this the people at the top there's not one group there's not one class. You're absolutely right. This is a competition. Yeah. But I need you to, I need you to, but it's a competition that goes back a long ways too, right? Isn't it? Or yes, like thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah. It goes way, way back. But, but instead of taking you back, I'd rather just take you to Brooklyn and I'd rather us just pretend like for a moment that what we have is a bunch of competing mafias, a bunch of street gangs that are competing with each other. And all of them are going around to the shop owners you know, uh, asking for not, you know, telling them for protection money, basically. And they're all saying the same thing. Peace is the prize. Peace is the prize. And so all of them are paying out because they want peace. Now, those blackmail gangs, they can't trust each other because they're psychopaths. It's just, it's impossible. They don't have a, a structure for that. But they have something else. They have the blackmail economy. Now, when you enter into a blackmail economy transaction, you now have the ability for two evil people to trust each other. And the way you do that is that you expose each other to the same lie. What I mean by that is you both agree to commit the same lie, and it's got to be big enough where if people found out, there would be severe consequences. Okay. Now that both people are sort of out there on the street saying, just as an example, now, guys, if some of you don't agree with this, just hear me. This is just one example. But nuclear weapons are fake. But you have all these uh, mafia groups that have had a conversation and agreed. Nuclear weapons are real. They work exactly like you see in Hollywood. Okay. Now, both of these guys are bound by that lie because they told their country, this is how it works. So we need your tax dollars to spend all this money on nuclear weapons. They become vulnerable in public to each other. That creates the closest thing you could have to what we regular humans call trust. Okay. It's a mutual destructive agreement. These people don't blackmail to be super evil. It's purely for economic means. It's purely of just a way of doing business. This would be no different than uh, two pirates that have parlay. What that is, is, you know, two pirate ships and they'll call parlay. One of them's allowed to go on the other boat and they have that code because it benefits both of them. But you can't forge that from that code. You have to have something that binds you to it. And that's when these rituals come in. That's where these pillages come in. That's what NASA is. NASA is a Masonic blackmail tool that's used <clears throat> to make everyone guilty. I want to remind everybody that on the, univer- on the anniversary 
of NASA landing on the moon, uh, two Italian astronauts claimed to drown on the ISS. That was a blackmail negotiating Asian tactic, basically saying, hey, I'm going to tell everybody the ISS is in the pool, right? I'm drowned on the ISS. He's hinting, he's pushing like, ah, I'm about to I'm about to open the envelope. I'm going to tell everybody. I'm going to tell everybody it's time to renegotiate. Now, if you could say it only happened once, a lot of you guys could go, wow, James, that's bullshit, just coincidence. But on the anniversary of them claiming to land on Mars, a Russian astronaut said, there are water bears on the windows of the ISS. Water bears. <laughs> These microscopic tar tardigrades, you know, those little tiny microscopic little bears. That's another hint. Hey, you guys, I'm going to tell everybody you're in the water. These are negotiation tactics. One of my friends pointed this out to me the other day, and I'm convinced it's true. Remember the tweet, Kofefe? Yep. C-O-V-F-E-F-E? -F -F -E? That was Trump negotiating with someone, saying, I'm about to tell everybody about COVID. D do you see how it works? This is how you, you have to put it out there as you kind of show the other person I'm about to expose you. Is that how is 33 works? 33 is a little bit different because it more has to do with Kabbalism and just with resonance. Uh, the reason why they're using numbers, uh, it's not, see, it's funny because QAnon keeps saying symbolism will be their downfall, but no, symbolism is their uplift. It, symbolism is the jet fuel underneath their, their rocket engine. So that's a little bit different. Um, it, numbers aren't really used for blackmail about that. It's just more about resonance. It's no different than me taking a guitar and saying, well, my A string is a little bit flat. I need to, you know, sharpen it up. Everything's going to sound a lot better. I'm going to be able to, you know, make a better sound in the hall, that kind of stuff. Hmm. Interesting. It's geometric. <laughs> what? Makes it like geometric. Yep. Harmonic is probably even a better word for that, you know, because you're, you're resonating on every octave as you raise above it and as you go down. But the blackmail economy is real. And I want to remind you guys that uh, <clears throat> there was a painting of Bill Clinton inside of Monica Lewinsky's dress. Do you remember that painting? It was found on Epstein Island. It was Bill Clinton sitting in a chair and he's wearing Monica Lewinsky's dress. Yeah. When you're, <clears throat> so first of all, millionaires collect money. Billionaires collect people. Okay. Um, I need you guys to understand that our parents, when we were kids, when we played Monopoly, after we went to bed at night, our parents didn't roll the Monopoly money out on the bed and roll around it and go, oh, look how rich I am. They, they, they received no joy from playing in our fake money. They collect people. People are products to them, just like a thoroughbred racehorse, just like an antique collector's Ferrari's car. These things have titles and they have deeds. Okay. Bill Clinton is a thoroughbred human. He has a deed. All right. Now the deed of ownership, the certificate of ownership. Whoever owns him is the person that can expose him. How do you expose Bill Clinton? You make him take a picture or a video of him in a compromising situation where you know it's clear that he was lying about this whole thing. And Monica Lewinsky's dress is that. Now, Epstein can't walk around with a photo of Bill Clinton because the second he exposes it, it's worth nothing. The second you expose blackmail, boom, it disappears. The value of it disappears. So instead, he has a giant painting of it made. Now he gets to walk around with a boner in his house, like, oh, I own this guy. It's going gonna, it's gonna to turn him on every day. He's going to get that evil prana from it. And he gets to sell that painting. Whoever he sells that painting to knows it comes with a picture. He knows it comes with a video, whatever. <clears throat> the exact same thing happened with Donald Trump when he filmed the Serta mattress commercial. 
There's a Surda Mattress commercial you guys can look up in which Trump is in the hallway with, with sheep. Sheep. And they're labeled, they've got numbers on them. And it's nine and 11. And one <laughs> sheep is on one tower and the 11's on the other. And Trump's doing this. He's giving the thumbs up. Do you guys understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. yeah. That video is the public version. That's the one that you can release that no one's going to, you know, that people like us aren't going to catch that. But anyone else in the club now knows, okay, Trump's secure. That They know Trump is secure. That means someone has this tape on him. Someone owns his contract. Therefore, he's someone that, <clears throat> he's like the mafia. When you get muerto, when you get made, you, you enter this secret part of the mafia, right? Where you have to earn your way in. No one gets in unless they're made, unless they have a deed on them, unless they sell, check this out, unless they sell their soul to the machine. Yeah. That's how you do it. You sell your soul to the machine and that has a receipt and that receipt is tradable on the open market. And that's what you've been seeing happening with all of our presidents. Welcome my celebrities Welcome to, to the machine. Yes, celebrities especially. Celebrities um, is probably even more. <clears throat> look at Steven Spielberg's first film, Amblin. Uh, basically, just Nambla mixed up. He was telling everyone, "I'll do whatever it takes, man. I, wow. I want in." Yeah. What do you? That's why Bill Gates. Bill Gates is a multi-billionaire, and he's out there trying to kill people. He's out there trying to kill as many people as he can with these shots. It's so weird. What is he doing? Why would he compete for that? And it's because there are prizes that you and me will never understand prizes like uh, longevity of life, being able to live past 75 years, something um, can be opened again inside of you. There's not a governor. I think all of us have a biological governor installed in us. It's genetically, I don't, I don't know how it works guys. It's just in there. And I think these guys compete if they lie hard enough, if they do enough, they get, let into the mafia. How do you join in the bloods or the crips? You got to do an innocent kill, don't you? You got to sacrifice someone on the street. How do you do it in the mafia? You got to kill somebody. How does Bill Gates do it? He's got to kill a lot of people. It's the exact same model, guys. It's just higher up the chain. That's all. It's just so big. We can't, we can't even face it. Are we more susceptible to this now since like, let's say the last few decades compared to, let's say hundreds and th hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, our genetic traumatic memory from whatever, whatever age where there was maybe more violence, maybe you were more attuned to the, you know, the chance of being killed at any moment by another tribe or an animal or whatever. I mean, that was real trauma, but now we're too worried about, we're worried about being a victim and who's a victim of uh, who's oppressed and who's uh, mm -hmm. you know, who's worse off than, than other people. We all want to be even now. Is there, is there any, what am I trying to ask? Is there a, is there a, 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 a big change now with uh, how we deal with that? Well, as I said, about 20, 25 years ago, the Great Awakening started. And that's a problem. It's getting to be a problem. Um, cosmology, I think, is the best litmus for that. When you have people that are experimenting with their own cosmology, when they're, when they're questioning the cosmology that's been taught to them from a very, very young age, that shows you that is a symptom that the control mechanisms are breaking, that the chains have fallen off. And that has escalated this race. I believe that in 220 years is their deadline. And they've had to up that. They've had to do work very, very hard over time because too many of us are waking up. 
And I'm going to tell you guys something. The reason why we're waking up, the soil is activating anyone who will listen. The soil itself is activating us. And that's the, the power of tapping into your ancestors. That's the power of remembering who you are. We are standing on the shoulders of giants. And that's why UNESCO and Smithsonian are trying to hide them. They do not want to know where you come from. That's why all our burial mounds in America have been desecrated <laughs> and shut with down, a different yeah. kind of bone, yeah. an amnesia bone, because they don't want you to remember. But they fucked up with me because I remember. I stuck my toes below it and I felt deeper in there. And when everyone else told me I was a shithead and I had no idea what I was doing and I was stupid and I wasn't trusting the plan and how dare I, I doubled down and I stuck my root even deeper. And I said, wait a minute, this isn't even North Carolina. I'm from the land of Katua. This is Katua. And I found that because it's the Indian name for this place. And the second I said that name, this just gigantic fucking rush of plasma poured up into the bottom of my feet and said, this guy is one of my warriors. He is one of many. Just like in the army, the earth is saying, James True is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one's mine. That's what's happening right now. She's begging you guys to wake up. She's begging all of us to wake up. And some of us are awakened. Some of us have known. And, and she's doing, we are the immune system of the soil. That's why this is happening. You've got completely different technologies competing, don't you? You have the technology of what's grown versus the technology of what's built. What is Babylon but built? What are, what are you but grown? It's a different technology. It's completely, it's just light and dark. You know, positive, negative, however you want to do it. And that's why you see the religions the way they are. <clears throat> that's why we have two major religions merging into something else. The cross and the crescent. Christianity, Islam. What is the communist symbol but a cross and a crescent combined? What you're looking at is a grand unification of two towers, Islam and Christianity, into this new religion of scientism, of communism, of communitarianism. That's what's happening. In that case, the zeitgeist, the groupthink, has more authority than the person. That's what majority rule is. That's Before what democracy America, is, really. Yes, Bob democracy rule. means zeitgeist has more authority over the individual. And before we founded this country, Ben Franklin stole the Iroquois Confederacy's constitution, and there was one massive, massive change. The people of the Longhouse, the five nations of the Iroquois, had one rule. We believe in unanimous government. We believe in a government that's a tapestry of agreements, which means we will only act if we act in unison. In other words, if you want a bridge over the creek and one person doesn't want that bridge over the creek, the government's not going to do it. It doesn't mean people can't do it on their own. Just trying to say it was a completely different form of government. The bicameral house was taken from this Iroquois Confederacy. Uh, the way we meet in committees, uh, stolen from the Iroquois Confederacy. The one difference is they introduced majority rule. And when you do that, you set your priority. You tell the entire world who's more important, the group or the individual. And that is the source of Watiko. All the native tribes called it the same thing. These people are suffering from Watiko. It's a vortex, a black hole in your solar plexus. And most of us thinks it's hunger. That's why we eat so much, because our stomach's just right below our solar plexus. And we feel this ache. We feel this hole. And we fill it with food. 
Then we have to fill it with drugs because the food's bad. Then we have to fill it with anger. Then we have to fill it with regret. Then we have to fill it with failure. We fill it as much as we can with everything except for one thing. Belief in ourselves, Plasma. That's what we lack right now. And as more and more of us become activated, we become deadly. We become dangerous. One of me has the charisma. I'm sorry, guys, but it's true. I've got the charisma of 10,000 sleepers right now. There's, just, there's no competition. Any insults they throw at me, it's like a ping pong ball up against a brick wall. And it's not because James True's a badass. It's because I stuck my, te- my toes down in the soil. And she said, I, I choose you. I, w- I will fill you up. And she needs more of you. She needs all of us. So how do we navigate this? Like, especially for what we do, what we do here. Cause you know, I mean, it's, it's, we've been doing this for almost seven years now and, uh, Coming up quick. and, and how do we like, cause I don't want to fall into these, into these traps and these, oh, illusions, you're in the trap, but buddy. we, you're in the but trap. we always, we always, we do question everything, but how do you, how do you navigate this? When I, when I read your book, it's like, it, you know, nothing is really the way it seems like everything is. Well, that's kind of what McGowan is true. warming us up for. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the what's the other one we just read? Uh, Professor Ted's book. Yeah. yeah. Industrial Society and Its Future. The secret to inversion is to recognize its inversion. And it doesn't mean you have to automatically turn opposite of each thing. But the key to finding the truth is to find the hardest thing to say. What's the most painful thing you can talk about? You're probably going to notice that they're hiding something really important behind that. You're going to find that wherever they ridicule you the most, wherever they push the most celebrities in to prevent you from thinking something or to shame you, more importantly, to shame you from thinking something, you're going to find that's a truth. That's a living truth. If you look at the figures in history that are the biggest pariahs, this is so difficult to do. This is so difficult to do. But if you look at the figures that are the most, that are the biggest pariahs, you're going to find those are the ones that got closest to killing the snake. They had the snake right there. They shoved a grenade in its mouth, but it's a hydra. There are several heads. And that's what you're seeing happening slowly, step by step, every 1.29 years. Give us, a, give us an example of an older one, an older prime. Um, like, are you talking Jesus or? Hitler. No. Yeah. 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 Hitler, Hitler is one. Guys, I don't, I don't like Hitler. I don't like anything it stands for. I, I, I believe in, I don't even believe in race. I don't even know what the fuck that means. I believe in family. I believe in like genetic family. But if you, if you look at the history of World War II, you're going to find that a lot of it doesn't add up. Yeah. If you look, we are told that, that World War I started because of Archduke Ferdinand. I mean, come on. We are told that the South fought the North because of an imaginary Mason-Dixon line where everybody south of a certain point decided they were racist and everybody north of a certain point decided that they weren't. Meanwhile, 1% of the population owned slaves and the rest of them couldn't even read. These aren't people that are like looking at the, at the bills that are coming through Congress or they don't even understand what a state is. Most of these guys were Welsh. Most of these guys were Irish and Scottish. They, they, they had settled here before it was a country, but we're told to believe, no, 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 Christopher Columbus found it, and then a bunch of pilgrims came over, and that's how it happened. <laughs> and meanwhile, there were already Welsh here. There were already white people here. There is a word, guys. There is a word for people who were not participating at the start of the, of the United States government, and that word is Seminole. That word is Cherokee. That word is Creek. Cherokee was one-third white. One-third of the Cherokee Nation was white back then. 
almost half the Seminole was black. These are people that are like, well, no, I'm not going to be a slave. That's stupid. I'm just going <laughs> to live off the land. And then they end up joining the local tribe. It, our real history has been buried by your free education that they gave you. The free education is there to set the amnesia in. It's to make you think. And, and why? Here's a perfect example, guys. Even better example. The Trail of Tears. The Trail of Tears is a stopgap. What I mean by that is it's such a terrible, horrible story that you as a white man reading about the Trail of Tears, you're going to get to that story and the pain, which is really just a restriction of dopamine, is going to act as a gate. You're not going to want to go past that. You're not going to want to mess with that history. It's just too sticky. Just like me, when you ask me for an example and I'm like, shit, I can't, I can't say the World War II thing. That's the, everything <laughs> out, it's going to be painful. That's the tax. That's the black magic tax. Do you understand? Yep. That's the black yep. magic tax that's placed on all these things. All the things that they put the most tax on, use that as a cipher. You can use that to track the field and you're going to find a vulnerability point. So, so, let's, so can we even say that it goes into some of the recent uh, global, I mean, been, global censorship issues or memes or people like that the, the scientists won't Pepe won't Pepe. no 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 the scientists oh. won't even debate stuff like let's say climate change or vaccines Special like the, the, yeah there's a few big big things like that that are you know you're ostracized yeah. if you even question that narrative. Special World War Two is one. Well, of yeah, crucial. World War Two for sure. Yeah. Yep. Special relativity is crucial, crucial because what happened with special relativity is Einstein or the people behind Einstein were able to say, hey, all you guys, what you think is a ruler is actually warped. And no matter what you do to say how much you measure what it is, time and space are warped. So none of your instruments are going to actually tell you the truth. The truth is time and space are warped and you're going to have to ex extract the truth of what the universe is from a theoretical person like myself. That's why it's always been, that's why he's painted as the biggest genius that ever was. This patent clerk is called the biggest genius of the world. And people are not allowed to access that science because it's so messed up. It makes no sense. There's nothing to it. It's Kabbalic gibberish mixed in math. And because of that, you are now walking around. All of us are walking around the world. And we've been told from a very young age that everything that we think we see is actually not what we see because space and time are warped. So we can't even measure. So even though we have the Michelson-Morley experiment, even though we do all these things that we can prove there's an ether, none of it's true because of special relativity. That is the mind fuck. And what came out of special relativity? E equals MC squared is a black magic spell. And because you're told you're stupid, none of you, all of you assume that, well, I just can't understand that. I'm just, I just don't have enough brain power to understand that. And the secrets of E equals MC square, what did that birth but the nuclear bomb? Let's look at Nagasaki. Let's look at Hiroshima. Look at the photographs. There's telephone poles standing. There's buildings standing. That is not a nuclear blast. That's a firebomb attack. That's what happens when you firebomb. You have a bunch of localized melting, and then you have trees still standing up. That's a firebomb attack that was told it was a nuclear weapon. And now the entire world thinks there's something as nuclear weapons. And what happens? Government becomes 10 times more important. Government becomes vital to everyone's life and safety because they're under the impression it's a nuclear warhead coming. So what do you have? But you have a blackmail economy now with international countries. 
Countries are not what we think they are. They're not what we think they are. And you have Russia and the United States, all your nuclear countries are an inner circle of mafia. Their countries have bought into this same lie. The nuclear weapons are what they are. So they're now mutually um, vulnerable in exactly the same way. Iran keeps wanting to have the nuclear bomb, right? They keep trying to have nuclear power. That is the negotiation process happening. It's, well, no, you can't just come in and be the upper echelon. You can't just be made. You got to earn it. You got to earn it. And that's why just a few weeks ago, what did Iran do? <clears throat> they showed you photographs from space of thousands of graves that they claimed were COVID deaths. They showed you from space. And that's how you negotiate because they're talking and they're like, well, if you want in, you're going to have to have to come in on this COVID psyop. I mean, we really have to see these graves because everyone hates Iran. So if you if you have it too, people are going to believe that this virus is real yeah. because you hate America. So why would you get in on the psyop? This is why I say countries aren't what they think they are. And what does Iran do? They're like, oh, you'll see graves. You'll see them from space. Like that's how they make good on that. That's how they, they show I'm willing to play, man. I'm willing to play. And that's why all these countries have fallen. The last of the Mohicans, in my opinion, was Venezuela. Some of you guys are going to argue and say, oh, Syria, oh, Iran, oh, North Korea. But I don't think you understand. No one inside of history, inside the cob, knows what's happening until 20, 30 years later. They're not telling us that. These, these countries have already fallen. They're just using it as news for you know, however fodder they can do to, to keep playing that out. These countries were taken down one by one. That's why we've been telling Venezuela that their leader was illegitimate since, since Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton went into Honduras and shot the president in the head. She used rangers from Fort Dix, like mercenary rangers, to do it. It's All of these things are tactics to, just like you would see two, two gangs fighting on the street, exactly the same way. You have the same kind of situation. And if, you're, if you fight too much on the street, people like me are going to go, I've had enough. Done. I've had enough. And they're going to be activated. You're going to have to find a way to subdue them. And how do you subdue them? But with the most beautiful, promising lie you could ever have. What does QAnon say? I'm going to release the cures. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to you know, uncover Unseal this. Unseal the indictments. Yeah, all the indictments. <laughs> I think those are indictments are for me. I think I'm one of those people in the indictment. I think that they, they, because we pour our thoughts into Twitter and Facebook, they're able to use that algorithm to know just how much time they have left before we all wake up. And there's like a little little blip. I'm just one blip. But I'm saying, I'm a blip that pushes up the threshold going, oh shit, here's another one that's figured out. Oh, and here's another one. Uh, what's our containment level? We have 11% containment on the lie, sir. Okay, that's up 2.7%. That gives us six months. All right, we're going to have to bring COVID up. Hey, uh, Gematria guys, tell me a good date. We want to we want to bump COVID up. We want to go a little bit earlier. Let's you know let's do that. And you can't just do these things. They need your consent. They need your consent from it. And why do they need your consent, guys? Because of prana. They're giving it away. They're giving it away. They're giving away all the secrets without knowing it. They're telling you, I want your prana. Why? Because I need to pour that belief, that hope. That hope is the purest, innocent, most virgin feeling that can come from your mind. And they're going to pour it into a virgin lamb, and they're going to cut its throat on the Temple Mount. And if you think I'm exaggerating, look in the paper, because you'll see right now that they've already asked. Um, they say thanks to Trump. 
we would like to reactivate the third temple. We would like to have a blood sacrifice on the Temple Mount. Dear Israel, will you grant us permission to do this? That just happened a week ago. And I'm telling you, all of our hope, that QAnon hope is like the, the most potent tincture there is. Because these are the people that knew what 9-11 was, and they were still able to fool us. Masad was still able to come in and gather them all up and say, these people are stupid. Well, you, Watch what I can make them do. While you're on that, can you, can you talk about Kushner and how he's in, in, interconnected with all this? I mean, that was one of the most mind-blowing chapters mm-hmm. of your book. And then maybe also touch on, before we get into the solution, unless Darren has something, but uh, maybe like also Vlad the Impaler and, and how uh, the addiction to blood and the contemporary vampirism as well. Mm-hmm. So... If you're going to run the world, so all of us are born, born with birth certificates and social security numbers. There are people that are born that don't have those. That's, uh, that's what you give an animal. You would never give that to a, a living man. Those people that do not have birth certificates, they need um, legalized uh, vehicles to drive through our world. Those vehicles are humans. Those vehicles are the Rockefeller family. Those vehicles are the Vanderbilt family. Now, those families are only going to be good vehicles if they can be trusted. How do you trust somebody? You, you have to have them predictable, all right? People think that, that, that we trust people if they're nice. No, we trust them if they're predictable. You hear things like, oh, he's just an old curmudgeon, but I love him. It's, it's because he's always a curmudgeon that makes him acceptable around other people. You're predictable. That's the key. If you want friends, just be predictable. You can be a, a, as mean as you want. As long as you're always the exact same mean, people are going to accept you. Why? Because your reptilian brain is only looking for two things. Is this a threat? When analyzing a threat, it's going to say, is this novel? Is this something new? If it is something new, then it asks, is it a threat? If it's not something new, it doesn't even ask if it's a threat. Why? Because reptilians don't burn as many calories as we do. They're cold-blooded. They don't have the same kind of engine. They don't have an empathy engine installed in them. So they have a very simple uh, criteria for what they define and what's going to happen. So what you're seeing with the elite families like Vlad the Impaler is these families have been turned centuries ago. When I say turned, they've sold their soul or even worse, their great, 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 great grandfather sold their entire genetic line <laughs> to this machine because that's what happens. You, you're going to epigenetically install enough trauma where that person's always going to be uh, predictable. And that's why if you go back in the Rockefellers, you're going to find someone named Devil Bill. And when John Rockefeller was one years old, Devil Bill's raping the housemaids in front of him. Now that John Rockefeller grows up and he goes to Ludlow, Colorado. And what does he do? He burns and kills 66 coal miners. Miners, women, children. Firebomb the whole camp on his property. That's his blood sacrifice. That's his systematic uh at this point, when it's epigenetic like that, you don't really know what's going on. If you look at Gloria Vanderbilt, it's a perfect example. She wasn't home. She, she, that woman was not home. And if you look at all her crazy-ass art, all those babies put inside the fishing tanks, like <laughs> fish tanks, and then all this menagerie stuff of broken glass. If you look at her paintings that are fashion, all of it shows you there's not even a solid pattern of color she was just so nuts. She couldn't even rest her eyes in a field of green. She had to have it 
splintered and then splintered and then splintered and then splintered. Like you break a mirror, then break a mirror, then break it again because you cannot rest. Your epigenetic system is in that state of shock and you've been born into it. Your polyvagus nerve, the nerve that wraps around your lungs, your heart, your liver, is squeezed like a boa constrictor your entire life. And you, you never have the satisfaction to even sit in your cockpit because all the doors have been welded shut. You are now in a, you're in the passenger seat. And what's driving your car is the zeitgeist, okay? What is the zeitgeist but the pranic belief of projected evil? It's very important. If we didn't think that, that we were born into sin, none of us would be able to project evil. But when you're told you're born evil, that you're born broken, that you're born unsanitary, when, when you're told, well, I was born, I had to cut the end of my penis off so I could get into heaven, or they had to cut it off so I would be clean. What you're doing is, is you're, you're amalgamating this shock, and the system's going to do the only thing it can do. It's going to project it. It's going to say, but I'm not evil. What do I do with this evil? What do I do with this evil? Everyone says I have to own. I got to find a place to put it. I got to find a place to send my evil and put it outside of me because I can't handle it. It's too much. That collection of evil is the plasma of everyone's self-rejection. And that plasma can be directed by people that have powers that we could never fathom. They're able to take that plasma. They're able to take that essence and do something with it. And please don't ask me how it works because I don't know, guys. I'm just doing the best I can to see what I can see. But when I look at all these altars, these elite altars, they're always exactly the same. Look at Anderson Cooper. The guy's a multimillionaire. What does he do but humiliate himself by climbing in the bottom of a gutter and pretend to be drowning in a flood when there's only like three inches of water? But, but he's on camera up to his chest. This is an elite. He's a multimillionaire. And it shows you that he's still, he's not his own person. He's, a, he's, a, he's the rooster. He's the satanic rooster. His own brother was sacrificed. And that's one of the chapters in the book. Yeah. Look at the story of Carter Vanderbilt. Yeah. The day that Carter Vanderbilt jumped out of the Gloria Vanderbilt's apartment, he was at home. He was upset. His girlfriend dumped him. He's older. He's an adult. He came back home from college or something and uh, went to bed in the middle of the day. Gloria Vanderbilt gets the New Yorker in the mail. This is all in her affidavit, by the way. I'm not making any of this up. And inside the New Yorker, she finds a story called the White Angel. The story of White Angel is about two brothers watching voyeuristic sex with another family member, I believe. And then after the sex act, one of the brothers crashes through a plate glass window and bleeds to death. Now, Gloria Vanderbilt decided on the day that Carter was home crying, upset, that she would read him this story to make him feel better. And so she did. She went in and said, Carter, I want to read you this story. And she did. Carter got up after that story, ran to the balcony, turned around and said something to her. I'm, I'm sorry, guys, I can't remember exactly what it is. It's something like, I hate you or, or you'll, you'll never let me go or something. And then he jumped off. He just jumped off the building, 16, 17 floors, whatever, thought it was death. What I think happened, this, this is what I'm getting ready to say is speculation. What I just told you is all fact. You can look it up. It's all in the affidavit. 
one of you guys is going to complain and say, oh, you know, James is bullshit because the New Yorker came out three days after that date. But I've been in publishing my entire life, and I'm telling you, people get early releases of a magazine. It's it's not that out of the question that it would be three days earlier. And she even reported that he read that story. So I just want to quash that right now. I, I do my fucking research. Anyway, this is all speculation for you on out. What I think happened is that white rabbit story, that white angel story, sorry, has been uh, placed inside of the epigenetics of Gloria Vanderbilt. It's been placed inside her lineage somehow, these, these cues, right? Because what happens when you picture a white rabbit or, sorry, white angel, <laughs> I keep getting on the rabbit, but what happens if you picture these archetypes in just the right way, it's a lot like tumblers on a lock, okay? For example, you could come up to me and say, James, your ex-wife. And then I'd be like, oh. And then right after that, you'd say, James, your poor dog, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, oh. And then you'd say, James, that time that bully hit you. What I mean is you can turn tumblers inside my head to unlock a certain chemical feeling, right? I could be sad for days because you've given me the right archetypes in just the right order that have put me in a trance state that I can't handle. This is the exact same thing as black magic. Look in voodoo, voodoo culture. Okay, it's the exact same stuff, right? The voodoo dust that you see that's blown into your face, it, it ingests this kind of trance-like state. And if you've got something pre-programmed inside that genetic line, you're going to be able to activate that whenever you want. I believe that Gloria Vanderbilt, this is speculation, what I'm getting ready to say, and this is not all my work, but this is speculation from a ton of research. Doesn't mean it's right, though, guys. A lot of research is just bullshit. So anyway, this is speculation. But I believe there's something called 13 Dark Mothers. I believe those dark mothers are owned. Remember I told you about you can own people. I believe they're owned by what we think are the 12 saints. If you were to go to the Vatican, you would see the giant key inside of the, you know, the the giant open area. I'm sorry. <laughs> You'd see the, it's shaped like a key. And then there's like the Pope comes out and he looks over and I'm sorry, I'm just having a brain fart. But on top of that are 12 figures and we're told they're saints. And here, think about this, guys. If you worship a saint, that saint's going to get all your prana, isn't it? Like everyone who's devout and loves the saint, oh, my favorite saint, St. Peter, or I love this saint. All that prana, all that belief is pouring out of you, and it's going into this figure. Remember how I told you whoever controls the lie wins the prana, right? If I can convince you of the prana, whoever invented that psyop, whoever invented that saint, gets all the devotion all the energy of that person. The 13 dark mothers are all instruments of these inner circle, these black nobility. You might've heard that term, the yeah. black nobility, it's these inner families. And I believe that they, they steer the world through these vessels I'm talking about, through these controllable vessels, like the Vanderbilts, like the Rockefellers, like the Clintons, like the Trumps like any other leader that you've seen, like the Hitlers, like all of them, Justin Trudeau, all of them, they are predictable. Why? Because someone owns their contract, but that contract is thousands of years old. Like those people are so beaten in that they're going to obey no matter what happens. It's, it's in their DNA. This isn't a matter of, hey, Trump, I'm going to have to squeeze the knuckles on you, buddy. It doesn't work that way. This is ingrained, right? This is dopamine control. This is I will never going to talk about World War II because oh, this is so depressing. It's that kind of thing. Trump would never think to question a Zionist because it's built into his programming to do that. These people aren't lying. 
They truly believe what they believe. That's your best undercover agent is going to have no idea at all how this works. On top of all that, you need a Moshiach. You need, um, you need the chosen of the chosen, okay? Zionism claims that every one of us... <clears throat> so I'm going to get into Jesus just a second, and I'm, I don't want to offend anybody, but I just I want to talk about this for a sec. Jesus is the idea that there is one of us that is the real child of God. When you start to believe that there is a real child of God, you don't notice this, but something slips in. What slips in is that all of us are now lesser childs of God in some way. We are somehow almost like bastard children of God. Why? Because we're not his only begotten son. We are a multitude of sons, and we were not born in a purity, which means we're dirty. We were not born in a sacred way. Jesus was born without a man. It's an immaculate conception. That's them telling you man is dirty. That's them telling you man is unchosen. This is called weaponized spiritual narcissism. There's a chosen, which means everyone's a not chosen. This is the caste system of India. Now, when you look into the Talmud, you're going to see that there's an outer church, and inside of that outer church, there are a chosen people, a, an entire quote, quote, race. It's not a race. These are people that have been initiated into this DNA uh, trauma program. This inner race is the chosen people. And then inside of that inner race, there is an upper priesthood. These are the people that are allowed into the holy place, for example, inside of Solomon's temple or the tabernacle. And then inside of that, those chosen people have a subset, a chosen chosen people. <laughs> and those are the people that are allowed inside the holy, I'm sorry, the first people are allowed in the outer uh uh, cathedral or tabernacle, then there's an inner called the holy place, and then one, one guy is allowed inside the holy of holies. I'm telling you this because I'm describing a pyramid scheme, right? You've yeah. got the holy of holy guys, only one person's allowed, and he's only on Yom Kippur, it's only one guy, it can only be one guy. And then there's, you have this like 12 people, the saints, what is Christianity but a pyramid scheme? It's telling you there's one guy top, and no, you, you can't even access God directly because there's a church. And those church have elders, but the elders can't access Jesus directly. They, they access the saints. And then the saints, it's the exact same model. It's the exact same system. It's building a tower of Babel. Do you see how the prana works? It's building a tower of Babel because the outer church believes that, well, no, the Jews are the chosen people. Where does all that prana go? The second you say that, well, they're the chosen people, that means you're the unchosen. <laughs> that means you were not part of the chosen. So all your prana goes to them. That's why we have the ADL. That's why we have SPLC. That's why last May, Trump um, and everyone in Florida said it was a felony to uh, to criticize Israel on a campus. If you were to if you were to be on side the USS Liberty, and you were to go to a college campus and just tell people what happened, as a veteran, just tell them what happened to the USS Liberty, you're committing a felony as of last May. You have the structure in place where they're passing laws to make that, to create that um, Tower of Babel, basically. This entire system is a pyramid scheme, and there's mafia competing for who gets to feed off that prana, who gets to go into the center of it and feed off that prana. And that's why you have people like Al Gore, who invent things like the recycling program, basically telling you how dirty you are. What he's doing is he's introducing a new lie. How can I, as a black magician, get a shitload of people to believe that we're disgusting, we're a cancer on the earth, we're the bad people, 
we're destroying the entire thing. We're foreigners. Even the cosmology tells you, well, no, first the earth was foreign. And then you were placed here. Like, like as if you're separate. As if, as if you could open a fractal on a computer and say, well, no, everything's real except for the color yellow. That shit's like foreign. There's nothing to do with the fractal at all. It was placed there later. You enter into the state where I don't even belong here. And that's what causes the amnesia. All of this is psychic gelding to sublimate your prana and take it and feed it. And that's what actors are. What do you see when you're looking at a screen? First of all, you're sitting in the dark. You're in a fucking church, guys. A movie theater is a church. And you're sitting down. And what are you doing? You're feeding yourself with sugar and salt. You're releasing dopamine as you're watching giant godheads that are 50 times larger than your head on a giant screen. And it's all a technology, check this out, of silver, photography, film, all of that silver. Computer streaming, what is your computer made out of? What element is in your computer that makes it work? It's silver. Silver is a transmitter of prana. The reason why all of us think silver is valuable is because it's held our belief that it's valuable for thousands of years. It, it's a holder. It holds energy longer than, say, here's a little plastic figure. You know, <laughs> this isn't going to hold as much value as this. It, because the prana, it doesn't stay as long. This has a longevity to it. It has a staying power of your prana. That's why silver bullets kill vampires. Because it, it's the power of prana. It's the power of your belief. This shit's real, y'all. And they tell you it's fake. That's why Disney keeps talking about magic. Because they want you powerless. They want you shorted out. They're going to short you out every second they can and take that power away. And that's what's happening right now all around us. So how does, Kush, how does Kushner fit, it, fit into all that? Because, I mean, your book has got 33 chapters of paradigm-changing facts like that. You know, like the thing you mentioned there, there's like a bunch more of those examples that are just paradigm changing. Like, you know, the mm -hmm. stuff that you won't hear about in the mainstream media or in your textbooks or on most of these types of shows. So, so Kushner is evacuated. I, I describe him as a raccoon who's trapped in a mansion inside a cold fireplace where there's not even a fire. Like he's like hiding in the fireplace inside this <coughs> giant mansion. Why? Because the entire world is calling him the Mashiach. They're calling him the chosen one. Every single billionaire in America if you were right or on the left, every single billionaire praised Kushner, calling him the most amazing thing that ever came. We're talking about people like Garrett Schmidt, like Peter Thiel, like massive, massive Democrats even were coming out saying, Kushner's brilliant. Well, why is he brilliant? Oh, he called Facebook and, and sold the MAGA hats. It was, just, it was just brilliant. It was like a brilliant strategy for him to think to use Facebook ads. Like they're, they're giving him credit for shit that he doesn't even do. And that's called pedestal abuse. You're placed on the pedestal and you're given dissonance about how great you are. And if you try and reject that greatness, you end up being hit with dopamine or you end up constricting the dopamine. I'm sorry, because now everyone around you is hating you because you're not, you're not following it. Kushner's family line is that. That's why Bibi Netanyahu slept in his bed. He even told people, you know, oh, my head is comfortable inside Kushner's pillow. That's why he, even though he's gay, that's why he was uh, asked to align with Ivanka. I mean, I'm telling you, when they had a baby, that was a difficult thing for him to do. 
he could not get it up with Ivanka. I'm telling you, he could not do it. That was really hard for him to do. That's what happens when you're a raccoon and you're trapped inside this giant mansion. You, you, don't, you don't have any essence. You're a shell. And everyone's pretending that you're the greatest thing alive, which just makes it worse. You become evacuated to the title that's been placed upon you. This is what happens to doctors. This is what happens to military. Thank you for your service. Well, wait a minute. I, I set oil fields on fire. Thank you for your service, dude. Yeah, but, but like it was wrong what we we're doing. Thank you for your service. It's the exact same kind of thing. It's just constant dissonance pushing you into the limelight, even when you don't deserve it. You end up evacuating yourself from that. Kushner is completely predictable. He's completely predictable. He's too afraid to be himself. He's following along. He's called the Mashiach, <clears throat> which basically, it's not really this, but the closest thing, just to make it quick, is he's sort of like the Antichrist. He's not really that. But so so I, I, he bought the building 555, I mean, 666 Fifth Avenue. But what people maybe not don't realize is that that building was owned by Lucent Technology, but more importantly, Rockefeller. The Rockefellers are a very important family in this. Um, in fact, the satanic ritual of 9-11 was covered in my, my second book, Blueprints of Mind Control. Very, very important ritual. But anyway, um, they sold Kushner that building for $1.8 billion, 666. He bought 666 for 666. He then sold that building like a year later and lost, he lost $600 million. And still, every media outlet said he was the most brilliant financial strategist ever. What you're doing is when the media is praising you like that, they're causing the zeitgeist to be injected with the idea that Kushner's brilliant, which means all of us that are evacuated and believe the news, where's our prana going? It's going right to Kushner. We're thanking Kushner for bringing us Trump. We're feeding him our prana. We're feeding him that belief system. And that belief is going to end up being used in some way. I don't want to really tell you how I think yet because I bet it'll be wrong. There's a couple ways this could go. I mean, it could be a sacrifice. It could be like a JFK sacrifice. I don't think so, though, because people don't love Kushner. It doesn't really work that way. I think his role is more about um, the unification uh, or the coming out of the closet of the NWO. So what Kushner is going to do is he's going to save the Middle East, quote, quote. Remember how I told you in Brooklyn, the mafia goes around going, peace is the prize. Peace is the prize. I won't break your ankles, man. All you got to do is say peace is the prize. All you got to do is pay up. That's what he's doing in the Middle East. He's going to be called the bringer of peace. And that peace is the mafia's version of peace. That's what peace means. And they're going to praise him even more because he's going to architect peace in the Middle East where no one else could before. But the reason why no one else could before is because the same people were causing all the fires. They were the ones going around firebombing everybody. Basically, they're just going to stop, just like the mafia would say, we're going to stop. But they let the public believe that the mafia has been crushed. They let the public believe that everything's been taken care of, that it's magic. And all our belief in prana pours into what? The government. Because the government saved us from the mafia. Government is mafia. They didn't save you from anything. This is how you set a trap. This is how you catch a rabbit. You put the right bait out and you catch it. And that's what they do with us every single day, every moment, every week. 
And all we're seeing now is just the next step. No one punished anyone on 9-11. Unless you live in Iraq. No one inside our government was punished for that. And every veteran, every single veteran, including me, has to walk around with the belief that the most sophisticated, expensive, intelligent, strategic, precise military ever assembled in our known history was thwarted by 19 box cutters. <laughs> Guys, it's fucking insanity. And it, it only you would only believe that if you've been driving around in the van for 60 years and this guy just keeps blowing people's faces off and he just keeps bringing you an egg muffin. And he keeps telling you it's going to be okay. Those were bad guys in that bank. I had to kill them. You don't understand. They've taken over all these banks and they're, they're disguised as innocent people, but they're not. I need you to stay with me. I need you to trust me. And all of us have been in there so long that we're stabbing each other in the back to make sure that we trust the guy driving. Someone like me is like, we need to get that guy. We need to get that driver. Let's fucking get him right now. And I can't even get to him because everyone else in the van had an eggman muffin, and they're like, fuck you, man. You're not hurting my guy. That's my hero. That's the guy that's here. That's my uncle. That's how close he is to me. That's my Uncle Sam. How dare you hurt Uncle Sam? How dare you? That's what's happening. So how does that, so that brings us to the solution then. Well, before we run out of time, you got, you got to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. The opposite of a tower is a tree. I was going to say a hole. Underneath a tower, you have, uh, underneath a tower, you've got maybe two, three, six, six stories tops of underground. Underneath a tree, you've got something even larger. You've got roots that are deep, man. Deep, deep, deep roots. Trees aren't going to be as tall as skyscrapers. That's how you fix this. You're going to have to decentralize the government. If you were to throw a torpedo at a Navy ship, to save that ship from sinking, you have what's called compartmentalization. Every single room inside the ship has a, a watertight bulkhead door. Even if it's an internal room, it still has that because that's how you stop something from sinking. But a Zionist state, you inject from the top. Like if you ever saw Price is Right, the game Plinko, you put it in top and then everything else gets fed from the bottom, which means if you want to inject a virus, if you want not even a virus because even viruses aren't even what we think they are, but if you want to inject poison in the top, if you have a tower system, if you have a pyramid system, you can inject that into the zeitgeist and everybody believes it. What we need to fix this is we have to tear down the zeitgeist. You guys, as you go from town to town, you're going to find that each town has a different craft beer. And sometimes you're going to go to Colorado and they're going to have blueberry beer. You're going to be like, this tastes like crap. I love Colorado, by the way. I'm just using this as an example. Then you're going to go to another place in Colorado and they're going to have this weird lemon rind beer. And you're going to be like, oh, it's really interesting. That's decentralization. When you start to see the flavor of each town able to emerge, when you can go to a town and find the zeitgeist of that town, you know that town is free. Why? Because they're tapping into the soil again. That giant Sauron tower, that giant skyscraper is being ignored. It's impotent because all those beliefs are coming up from the soil, from that giant root structure. And guys, you're never going to see it. Earth's not going to show you, show you that. It's underneath the soil because that's where she draws her power. And so most of us, we're thinking we're going to lose because we don't have a tower as big as them. Ours is a different magic. Ours is grown. Theirs is built. 
When ours has grown, that means our families are magic. That means you were not 80 years old. You were 13,000 years old. You were 250,000 years old. Your genetic line had to be here the entire time for you to be here right now. You were simply one avatar on a totem pole of your genetic line. And only you can tap. You're going to find special power by tapping into your family. That's why if you think about your grandfather, you're going to have this feeling of, oh, man, you're going to feel some power. And if you... If your friend tries to think about your grandfather, he's not going to get that same power. He's not going to feel that prana because it's not his. The bone resonance is different. The genetic signature is different, so you can't tap into it. Do you see how God built in compartmentalization inside of our bones? He built that in. That's why each of us, that's why some of our families are really, really good at soccer. Others are really good at riding. It's, that's the decompartmentalization but we've rejected our family. We don't even know. We're walking around laughing at people that even consider that God is real. That's how fucked up it is. That's how bad our amnesia is. And the way to fix that is you got to tap in the soil. So if you really want the quickest way to do it, I need you to find the name of the land. I need you to look underneath the name of the state. Look underneath the name of your state. There is no such thing as Carolina. There's no such thing. Underneath that state is a different name. Underneath all of our states are real words, and those words have power. Why? Because just, sorry, just like silver, words have power. And the only reason why they hold those words is because all of us have a chemical, metallic, I'm going to say magnesium. We have this magnesium. We have the salt. Thank you, Ben, if you're listening. We have the salt inside of our organs that stores that memory for us to pull it up. We are living, walking processors. We are the video cards of God. Every one of us is rendering triangles for God, and we're only going to see from our POV, from our point of view. That's why God can't talk in words. Guys, words are so small, there's no fucking way God could even fit in them. He cannot fit in something so stupid and small as words. He needs seven billion of us, or however many people you want to say there actually are. He needs that many video cards. He needs that many people. All of us have two towers inside our throat, our vocal cords. Those are our two towers. They derive their power from two towers. We derive ours from two towers. The Masonic towers of Joaquin and Boaz, that's the evil side of it. But there's a light side of it. That's what singing is all about. When you sing, what you're really doing is sending your prana out. You're rejecting that prana from your genetic line. Your passion comes through when, you, when you're in song. So if you want to find that power, you've got to find your root. That's all. So find the We're land, not not over. not necessarily the peoples, the ancient peoples, but the land, what the land was called. And, and when I say that, I'm not trying to get you guys to think that you're not going to have any power unless you find that name. Yeah. Each of us have our own way of tapping into it. I know a guy in Sierra Nevada that uh, does alchemy with plants. That's how he taps into it. He may not know that name, but it doesn't matter because he's found another way to tap into it. Right. All of us, when we're doing wildcraft, when we're doing bushcraft, all of those things are us tapping into it. What is a seed? <laughs> but the most amazing magical device that was ever invented. That's what a seed is. You can keep a seed for 12,000 years. And you plant it just right, and it knows exactly who it is. It remembers exactly where it came from. And by you facilitating that, by you tapping into that, you too 
are tapping into that same power. That's why they're trying to pave it all over, guys. That's why they're paving the whole freaking thing over. That's why they're replacing the natural light. The phosphors that would normally exist in the forest have been replaced with street lights. That's why they're telling you that there's no such thing as an ether. That's the most important part. The most important part that they've told you is that everything is an empty, vacuous space. What happens in space to your voice if it was true? doesn't carry, does it? Your song, your vocal cords do nothing in space. So you believing in space, you believe that you are in an ever-shrinking prison cell that's forever expanding around you. I call it a prison cell because as you try and call out to God, there's no way he'll ever hear you. You're physically expanding faster than the sound of your voice could ever penetrate. This is a psychic black magic spell that convinces you to give up, convinces you to just accept the amnesia. This is what the true meaning of Medusa is. Medusa sees things and they turn to stone. What she really means is, is that Medusa was violently tortured and the pain that she went through was so bad that if you were to look at her, the empathic connection, empathy is a telepathic connection. If you look at a functional MRI, you're going to see that your brain lights up like a Christmas tree when you're, when you're having another face in view. You two are in sync. If someone starts to feel sad, you'll feel sad. If you yawn, they'll yawn. All these things are sympathetic. It's showing you there's a telepathic, asynchronous uh, connection between us. And Medusa, her trauma was so bad that it would turn you to stone. It would literally turn you to stone. And that's what's happening all around us. They're telling us that everything's material. What is the subversive belief in believing that everything's material? It means that nothing's spiritual. The Native Americans said the entire place was sacred, and you could simply desecrate land. In other words, everything's sacred, but then you could desecrate a piece of it by doing something really bad on it. The Zionist way is everything is profane. It's only when the church or, or God imbues it as holy. It. Yeah. It's the exact opposite. It's turning that. And because you're locked in the lie, because you're, you're believing the zeitgeist, what you're really doing is you're gutting yourself in the kidneys and draining all your power. As soon as Scotty tries to give you full engines, you're under the impression fear is evil. You're under the impression fear is bad. And fear is not bad. Fear is energy. Fear is adrenalized, raw power placed in your veins. What you guys are afraid of, or the real enemy, I should say, is panic. Panic's the enemy. Fear is going to give you 20-20 vision. It's going to give you vigilance like you never had before. Fear is power. Panic is your lack of power. Hmm. Panic is when you start to drain that. But everything we've been told is opposite. Everything. We've been told pride is bad, but reputation is good. What does that mean? Pride comes from inside yourself. Reputation comes from outside yourself. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you invert someone. You it's just asking people to be fake. Yeah. 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 You're turning them inside out and say, you are only as good as what other people around you think you are. And that's why you walk around the street flogging yourself. Hey, look at how racist I am. You got, you got, you guys watch. Seriously, I'm racist. Really? Look. And you're beating yourself up and people are giving you virtue. Oh, look how unracist that guy. I mean, he's still, he's still racist. Don't worry. He's born into it. But wow. He sure is coming out, telling everybody, and you know, he gets a little bit of virtue. This is what I call the prana economy. Everything has a prana economy. <clears throat> when Amazing Polly told everybody that I was a psychopath trying to hunt her and kill her, 
That was her setting a prominent economy for me, saying, if you're going to believe James, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. And that's what QAnon does. If you're not going to trust the plan, it's going to cost you. If you're not going to listen to Trump, it's going to cost you. If you don't believe in Trump, you're obviously a Democrat. If you don't believe in, if you, if you doubt World War II, you're obviously an anti-Semite. All these things yeah. are meant to do the exact same yeah. thing, to make it expensive. And I'm not, <clears throat> when I talk about Polly, I just need to give you an example. She's just one of many. She's not bad. She's evacuated. Do you understand? The, the solar plexus has been removed. There's a hole there. Her, her chakra is empty. And it causes her to have Wutiko. It makes her hungry for belief. It's so hungry that it's a fetish. All right? It's a fetish for survival. And that causes Wutiko. That makes you do things that you would normally never do. It makes you make really bad decisions because you're so desperate. Ego is a gasoline. We've been shaming our gasoline. We've been saying that all of us need to ride around like we're almost out of gas. And what happens when you come to an intersection and you're almost out of gas and an old lady's trying to cross the street? You're going to be like, fuck her, man. I'm going to run out of gas. Can you, can you hurry the fuck up? You have no empathy for her because you're almost out of gas. You're worried about yourself. You're on low reserve. You told Scotty, open the airlock. He's like, but I just built this warp core. Open the airlock. We cannot be called egotistical. We cannot do that. What happens if you have a full ego and that lady's trying to cross the street? You got plenty of gas, don't you? You got plenty. You got a full tank. So her taking their time crossing the street, no problem. No problem. You're fine. In fact, if another car comes up and they're out of gas, dude, you're going to be their man. You're like, hey, I got an extra gallon right here. It's all right. And they're like, oh, you're so thankful. You'd be like, actually, it wasn't that hard. I had plenty. But if we're told to run around on empty ego all the time, if we're told ego is evil, we're never going to be generous with each other. We're never going to have enough energy to make an asynchronous connection through empathy because that requires us to burn ego. We're burning ego when we're connecting like that. The most, you burn the most calories over anything with your brain. Connecting your brain, excuse me, connecting your brain is going to burn a lot of calories. It's the most caloric thing there is. That's why mammals are so different from reptiles. They burn so many more calories. Those calories burned. <clears throat> that is a living sacrifice. Every calorie you burn is a sacrifice to something. Where do we spend our calories? We're spending it on a corporate fiction. We're working in corporate fiction and we're giving them all our calories, 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week. We're giving all those calories away to things that don't belong to us. None of us are raising barns. We're paying a contractor we'll never see, we'll never know, we'll never talk to to raise our barns for us. Where's that prana? We don't even have prana in our own house. We don't even own our own house. We don't even own the house we're in. The reason why everyone feels so alone is because all of us are living in houses. All of us are living in houses we don't even own. But none of us are alone. We are all here. We're all living children of the soil. And we got to tap that root, guys. You got to find it. You got to look past the zeitgeist, the shame, the dopamine. You got to say, I don't care if it hurts. I don't fucking care how much it hurts. I don't care what name someone's going to call me for doubting the plan. I don't fucking care. This is more <laughs> important to me. And when someone sees that passion in you, it's like a firecracker, man. They're awoke. And they're like, I want that shit. Where did James get that stuff? What is that? And the reason why I say prana is because I want you to know it's tangible. It's plasma. 
If you don't like the word prana, call it plasma. I don't care what you call it, guys. But call it something. Realize that the ether is real. And when you understand that there's a medium, just like Tesla said, there's a medium between all things. There's no such thing as space. There's no such thing as vacuum. The vacuum is in your chest. That's the solar plexus. That's how they control you. Ether is everything. Ether is the ripple across the pond. That's why I can think about my friend in California right now, right now, and I can hear him. I can connect with him. I could even say, Chris, my name, my friend Chris, who made me a hat. I can think of her right now. And right now, if she happened to be listening, she's going to light up. She's going to be like, oh, yeah, James just mentioned me. It, it's, it's an instant asynchronous connection between me and her. Even though she's all the way in Oregon, I can feel her right now. And she can feel me right now. This is telepathy. It's real life. This stuff's real. That's why when you think about your mom, you start to cry. You think about your best friend. You think about the first time you had sex with someone. You think about all those things. You're having a prana exchange. That's why someone will call you. Dude, I was just thinking about you. It's like, no shit. No shit you were thinking about me. That's why I called. How do you think this world works? Of course it works that way. There's so much power waiting for us. So much power. I'm talking power like real power. Like right now we think money's power. I'm talking real power. I'm talking like serious, serious physioelectric power. Your bones are physioelectric devices. They're waiting to release your power. You just got to tap into it. Well said. Well said. And uh, wow, an hour and a half fucking flew by. And we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah, we should. I mean, uh, I think I have more questions than I did when we started. But uh, that's good. That always makes for a good show. Um, of course, you are on the Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Jaru, J-A-R-U-E, 369. And I got a YouTube channel. I, I talk about this stuff a lot. I just had Dr. Andy Kaufman on. We blew the, blew the fuck out of the theory of germ theory and virus theory. We were explaining that viruses are actually there to help you in your body, but you're constantly thinking that they're bad. We have a war against the cold. Meanwhile, all these cold fighters are inside going, dude, I just cleaned up this place. Like yeah. we spent 12 hours scrubbing this place clean. And now you're bitching at me when you want to have a war against me. And then we're having a war against viruses. Yeah. We're literally been taught to hate ourselves. And the placebo effect is a real effect. You can look it up in science. I write about it in my book and it shows you prana is real, guys. Yeah. The shit's real. I am not a new age guy. You will find that I'm as Taurus as you get. I am freaking earth, man. I'm the first person that's like, aliens are wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And if you believe in aliens, hear me out. It's like a demon thing. It's kind of hard to explain. We'll have to talk about it later. But anyway, I don't usually go for stuff unless I know it's true is what I'm trying to say. I need tangible, zetetic proof. I'm just not going to be able to see it because I'm an earth guy. It's just how I am. I'm an earth guy, and I'm telling you, prana's real. I'm yeah. an earth guy, and I'm telling you, this silver holds plasma. You hold plasma. Your brain holds plasma. I'm, I'm getting off track. I know we got to go. So, yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes. Absolutely. And uh, the books are the sense of mind control. Is uh, I have three books out. I'm about to have a fourth. It's about transhumanism. It's called Quantum Rapture. It probably will be out by May. Um, but my books out right now is Technology of Belief. That's going to be your plasma, and then uh, Blueprints of Mind Control is really important, guys. It's going to reinvigorate your ego. It's going to show you that 
everything you've been told is bad about ego is actually the source of all your power. I would recommend reading that one first and then reading Technology of Belief. If you don't have money, if you can't afford this, go to my website, www.jtrue.com. Go there and you're going to find almost all this content. All the important stuff is going to be there. I, I need to get this out. Yeah. This is not about me selling books, but this is the only way I make a living. And honestly, <clears throat> all the money that people have given Polly, I'm like, man, if, if all these people that keep giving these cute people money, if they were giving people who had these plans, I have a plan for a campground. It's a very, very crucial plan that we need right now. We need people to be watching a live stream of people like me talking every night in front of a fire. Campfires are our archetype. Why? Because you can't have a million people around one campfire. That's not a fire. You can only have like 12, 20, 30. That, that's the proof of decentralization. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's the 666, but for the good side. It's the symbolic, it's using the symbolism, the archetypes of the campfire that we can all gather around and find power from and reinvigorate ourselves and remember who we are. That's why we tell stories. That's why we remember stories. The oral tradition is our magic. Theirs is the written. Ours is the oral tradition. Why? Because your vocal cords, your two towers, all that's magic. What you say is magic. That's why I encourage each of you, each of you to say, I am not a corporate fiction. I am the living soil. I am not a corporate fiction. I am the living soil. And if you keep saying that enough, you're going to find this little squiggly root tapping in the ground. And as soon as you tickle earth, she's going to go, hey, here's a new guy. I think I'm going to feed him some energy. And you're going to get a rush just like I am. And it's going to get better. Right now, things are scary, but it's only scary if you're not tapped in. I'm not scared at all. I am so connected right now. And I know shit's going down. These things are really bad right now. This is really bad, but I'm not scared because I understand what's going on and I know where to get my power. You guys can find that too. And we need you. We need you because <clears throat> the spell of two towers is now the spell of 18,648. That's how many towns there are in America. And that's where this 5G is going. Yeah. And we got to, we got to stop that. We got to tap back in the soil. All right. And there you have it. <clears throat> Check thanks, out buddy. James' stuff. Get the books. Big thanks to James for coming on the show. <laughs> Keep fighting the good fight, sir, and we will see you next time. Great good chat. Good thanks, chat buddy. Now. And that was our chat with the one and only James True. What'd you think, buddy? Pretty intense, like you oh, said. Oh, yeah. He was like, oh, yeah. I like it. He it has some good. passion. Yeah. He knocked it out of the park. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was I, awesome. I knew Michael would like it too because like there was that AI well, part that I think you like the rooting. Like the, yeah, you're like right in tune with all that. Yeah, the plasma thing. I really yeah. like that. You know yeah. and how you said. Yeah, that his out. book was great. It was full of that stuff. That mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, it really made you question a lot of stuff. Cool, man. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's I don't really question any of it. At no. first, he kind of seemed a little, yeah. you know. A little much, but yeah. Um, once he started really getting into it, he's. Well, the tough, the tough part is the ama amazing Polly. She does connect a lot of dots. Oh, she yeah. puts a lot of, you know, she makes a lot of connections in the, whether it's Q or not, it's not all Q. Sometimes it's just deep state connections and, mm -hmm. you know, corporations and CEOs and all that kind of stuff that, uh, I'm not really, really familiar with the Twitters. Like, so yeah, well, that was, Me, more, there was, that was more of a YouTube thing. Yeah. Right? It was, yeah, I, okay. I really like her channel. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> There we'll have her on too one day. Well, she, I've we been tried. trying. Yeah, yeah, we tried. Anyway, big thanks, James, for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for tuning in. 
Uh, do check out grammerica.ca slash support if you can, when you can, to help us keep having these uh, uninterrupted chats where we can chat about whatever we want. We don't have any corporate overlords. All we got is you guys. You can send us a little pranic energy in the form of dollarettes over at grammerica.ca slash support. Helps us pay the bills, helps us keep everything moving along. Of course, if you don't have any dough, just head over to the show notes and there's a bunch of different ways you can support the show in there for free. You can uh, rate the show, share the show, tell your friends about the show, sign up for the newsletter. You can get some swag or tell your friends to buy some swag. Uh, we got some audio books out there you can get. There's some published books you can get. You can get. There's so much ways to support the show. A million of them. If you can't find, if you're like, hey, I want to support the show, but I don't know how, shoot me an email. I'll help you out. Uh, I think that's about it. Graham has, of course, run off. Uh, I believe he's got something to take care of before our next show. So I'll close it up. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. against the machine.
Don't get comfortable, free thinkers. 